is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Mean Enough Podcast. I am Ace. This is RB3. And this is the podcast where we get into the deeper meaning of your favorite film directors. In this episode, we're doing a great film director, a director that a lot of people love, a director that I really, really enjoy. I think the guy is a genius, and we're going to get all into his films. His name, of course, is Sam Raimi. Sam if Raimi. you're looking at the title of this video, mm-hmm. we're going to get into his filmography. We're going to do two parts of Sam Raimi. Yeah. And to get into that, we have a Sam Raimi super fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, Specialist. RB3's buddy <laughs> from USC uh, Film School. Yeah, let's give him a round of applause. Mr. Oh, Camilo, you. I already forgot yeah. your last name. Urdaneta. Urdaneta. Yeah. yeah. Camilo, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm man. really excited to be talking to Sam Raimi with you guys. Um, RB3... Um, when RB3 were trying to make a decision based on like what directors to do, I, I don't know if it was you or me who brought up Sam Raimi. Mm. Um, I think it might have been you, and yeah. you told me, it's like, dude, if we're going to do Sam Raimi, yeah. we have to have my buddy there, Camilo. There's, there's, the, there's the man. There's only one man. Who, there's only one guy, Juan, yeah. in here. Because yeah. I, I really do feel like it's important to, um, well, not necessarily important, but something I want to make a tradition for anyone who's listening is to have more guests in that have a little bit more love and knowledge of the director we're talking about because yeah. we're not we don't know everyone as much that we can't yeah that we can't, we and can't i think fulfill. that's cool to have yeah. more people um from all walks of life yeah. um to come in here and talk about their favorite director and yeah we're gonna have a lot more guests in the coming weeks to talk about different movies and different directors and we're gonna start off with sam raimi with uh camilo yeah. um so you're, you're going to usc film school with yeah. rb3 yeah i'm going yeah. To, to usc with rb3 this yeah. is our senior year what's yeah. the uh what's the major uh, so our major is cinema and media studies. Okay. So yeah, yeah but uh, I mean, loving it. It's, is that the same one that Kugler did? No, nah, he was uh, he was a graduate student. So oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but I think he used to study in production. Yeah, graduate uh, gotcha. production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you know, my boy Camilo here is one of the most talented filmmakers I know. Really, you're doing man. you're doing your own. Uh, Adaptation of the story of the uh, g- g- give it to me, Ace. Come on, <laughs> I, you don't know? I was yeah, gonna say, yeah, 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 yeah. anything in Spanish, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's uh, Laura, Laura Conmigo, right? Yeah, yeah. Yara, Yara Conmigo is yeah, exactly so that that's gonna be coming out in the in the coming is it weeks. Me? Cool, man. It's a horror movie. It's a short horror film that, we, that awesome. we made. That we're so you're a big horror guy, that we're really fans of. I mean, I, I love horror. I, I've been, uh, I guess I kind of fell into it more. Like recently, I'd say in college and in late high school is when I started to get into it. Really, sure. It was actually with The Evil Dead. I'd say that like I started to kind of get turned on to it. But um, it's it's just been a, a passion of, that I've always wanted to make a good horror film because like in high school it's super easy to kind of make like these really bad low budget horror films. And, right. and so I wanted to really just apply the best of what I've seen to to a film and, and make it about a character that I've always found interesting and scary. And we found a, a cool concept that we were like, we should go for it. And so and so we made it. So that's, we're, we're that's really great. happy for it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean it, it's 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 super interesting. Uh, the, the the horror fans are all over the place, RB three. Mm-hmm. Um so so did you come are you from California or did you move over here for the USC film school? Yeah, I moved over here for USC. Okay. So I, w- I was born and raised in Florida. Um, and I lived there till I was 18 and then um, I moved soon, out here for and then school? as soon as I got into school I, I was lucky enough to get into USC and so I came out here for uh, for school and I've, I've been here and, and I've loved it yeah. what's the, what's the goal the goal is ideally to be a, a director okay. and producer so I, I really I'm trying to get in, more into commercials and music videos and um, but I'd love to work in features uh, and, and stuff but I do want to kind of I mean short films are great but I, I want to try it out like 
directing other other forms of media and, and too because it, it is super fun and interesting um but yeah ideally directing and producing those are the two things that i love to do the most at like even at the same time i think they're so fun we, talk, you, we talk about directors all the time like michael bay spike jones yeah like, come from like music videos and commercials and they end up until ultimately end up making like big features yeah it's always interesting to see where a director is um i was talking to my brother about it because he's a director um kind of where to get your foot in the door kind of thing because mm-hmm. you can start out like you can do ad work and work your way up to directing which is what a lot of people do or you can do like small tiny music videos you can do commercial work which is what my brother does um yeah it's very interesting to see a director's trajectory which is why i'm very <laughs> intimidated by it yeah if i'm being fully honest because i was like I-, I can i've i've done a little bit of like a tiny bit of directing but i'm just like i don't know if i'm passionate enough to <laughs> to go through the hell of like trying to get my foot in the door because <laughs> no, most of the time your foot is going to get slammed in the door and pulling it out hurts so right. yeah right. yeah my analogy is crap but no, you know that's what that's a good, it, that's it, a good it analogy yeah. I, I like the analogy sucks, a lot basically no because yeah, like directing is a it's no joke it's up there with like one of the most difficult jobs to to do in 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 all of hollywood it's up there with acting and, and i mean directing is probably the most difficult um, I also think acting is one of the most difficult. I know that's a, probably an unpopular opinion, but acting sucks, man. Cannot imagine how yeah. to do it. Like Emotional I, I don't understand because it's like it's like on top of all everything they do. Like I was talking to my parents about it. I was like, on top of everything that actors do, you still are like a a doll that is <laughs> judged based on a period. How like how awful and demeaning is yeah. that? Where it's like, eh, next ugly, eh, fat, uh, ugly, uh, ugly hair, and it's like. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really oh, I've intense. seen it. I've been, yeah. in, I've been in rooms that do that. So I'm just yeah, like, that's no. one of the worst jobs in Hollywood. I'm not going to do it. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, but either way, man, it's awesome to have you in. I'd love so to much, have another man. film student in the door, yeah. um, in the room. We had Cade here. It's, it yeah. brings yeah. up, uh, Judd Apatow. It mm. brings up the, the prestige of this show <laughs> yeah. to have actual film students. Actual film students. Uh, versus someone who's not a film student. Yeah, USC. Uh, but uh, but yeah. I, I have you I've done to, some you stuff. You went to school? You went to school? I went to school. Yeah, nah, you finished. <laughs> I, I went to high school. And I, played, <laughs> uh, I played in band. No, I played. When did you go to high school? When did you graduate? 91? 92? Are you serious, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only like, I'm like a young, I'm like a child compared to some other people, man. Oh yeah, 100 percent. So if you're if you're if you're, at, if you're averaging I'm the all- weight, the 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 age in this room compared to the age, uh, average age of what's normally in this room. We're doing significantly well right now. So yeah, we're doing great. Yeah, even though I was looking at people my age in Hollywood who are doing a lot better than me, RB three. Nah, <laughs> I was talking to my brother about it because I was like, man, I, I'm like, this is the this sucks. Like so far, what I'm doing in my life, this nah, sucks. Nah. And then I look at like Brie Larson, who's my age, exactly my age. No way. And I'm like, she's got an Oscar and uh, she's got a Marvel movie coming out, well, and she's gonna kill right. Thanos. Uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, and it cuts to me, and I'm like. Ah, like, I don't know what to do. That's nah, different. If you with Tom Holland, yeah. <laughs> you don't see any twenty-eight-year-old like producers unless they have like, unless they're like somebody. I'm twenty-seven. Like, RB three. Come 20, on. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. Uh, but yeah, either way, there's a lot of people my age who are nah, killing, you're killing it better, it, bro. Man. You're killing it. You're killing it. We got the meaning of podcast. Yeah, let's First do it, cut. man. Let's get into it. Um, I'm excited it. to get into Sam Raimi. I've I've talked at length 
uh, on other, I mean, on Schmoes, on other podcasts about how I think this guy is great. Specifically, I'm, I'm, when I'm talking about it, I'm referring to the Spider-Man movies because that's kind mm-hmm. of what's near and dear to my heart specifically. Obviously, I can go on and on and on about how much Spider-Man means to me and how I grew up with the character and the franchise and the comics and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I won't do that right now, but that's usually what I'm referring to when I talk about Sam Raimi. However, true Sam Raimi fans know him mainly from his horror stuff and mainly from his early stuff and and know his style his his way of directing from his earlier features um so i think it's going to be a great conversation to kind of get into what got him in the door and what his signature became because throughout the podcast we try to um not we, we try to discuss and decide what the director is truly thematically what they're trying to communicate throughout all their films uh, which will be an interesting one for Sam Raimi because I don't know what you guys think thematically. Yeah. I have some opinions, but uh, and also sing- style. What kind of style does he do? And he definitely has a style, that's for sure. Because there's some directors who we RB3 and I have talked about where we're just like, eh, their style is kind of plain, mm-hmm. but this is not plain at all. No. <laughs> not Sam Raimi. Uh, Sam Raimi is an interesting story because he did a lot of shorts. I'm going through his IMDb right now, and throughout the 70s, he's got like. 10 or 12 short films that he did. He did a lot of short films. And I know Sam Raimi is the kind of guy who's a true movie nerd. He's a true movie fan. Um, you could see any interview with him. You, he can talk at length about how he loves genre films and how he you know, loves Stephen King and how he loves other um, artists that have kind of influenced him and, and kind of made him want to get into films. And he's that kind of guy who's like a true old school nerd who really got into film and really wanted to do it the right way. And and we just talked about right now about how directors get started, music videos, commercial directing, short films. That's mm. another one that people mm. done. I mean, obviously recent examples is Ari Oster. Um, who was the the other guy who did the short films that we talked about a lot? Um, is it Fincher? No, Fincher did music videos. Denis Villeneuve? Uh, Denis Villeneuve, yes. Yeah. He did a lot yeah. of shorts. Oh, yeah, he did some great shorts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of directors recently that short films are kind of the way to get in the door. He did that, and he did it a lot, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you, uh, Camilo, have any thoughts on any of these shorts. Have you seen any of these short films? I've actually not seen any of the short yeah. films it's that, a little he's, tougher that he's directed. To, to, to see. It's um, a little tougher to find. Apparently, from what I read, the, yeah. the one that's, like, what's it called? Like, Within the... Within the, within uh, the Woods. Within the Woods, apparently, that's yeah. very very influential onto what eventually went to Evil Dead. Um, but I would I would say it's less of him like making a bunch of shorts. It was more of like him like actually just getting out there and making Evil Dead, right? Because yeah, because Evil Dead independently pr- produced her. So let, let's get into it. Yeah, uh, Evil sure. Dead is is uh, is his first feature film, I believe. The right. Evil Dead, um, nineteen eighty one. Um, and yeah, it's a tiny micro budget. I believe it was ninety thousand dollars. Is is what it the was. The number like fluctuates depending on who you yeah. ask or what you read. What I what I read was ninety thousand dollars, which is like yeah, like nothing. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's the equivalent of like yeah, of like maybe renting out this room. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty. It's pretty bad uh, as far as like very little money. Um, so yeah, ninety thousand dollars is what I read. It's a tiny micro budget horror film that he directed. Um, he got it to Cannes, I believe, the Cannes or Cannes Film Festival. Cons. I get a lot of crap yes, for Cons. mispronouncing it. Um, trust me, I've gotten a lot of crap for mispronouncing it. Um, he got it to the Cannes Film Festival, 
And he oh, he said in an interview that one of the reasons why that movie got so big was because Stephen King wrote yep. a glowing review about it, saying that it's one of the most original horror movies that he's ever seen. And when when Stephen King wrote that review coming out of cons, that's when it started to pick up, and that's when studios wanted to buy it and stuff like that. And that's when it got to release. Um, that that to me is an amazing story because the idea of someone you look up to being the one to put you on the map is such a fantastic idea and it's such a crazy you know rags to riches hollywood story the the idea of someone you look up to in the horror world saying that your movie's so great and that's why your movie gets picked up i don't know what do you guys think of uh the evil dad the story of it and and the actual quality of the film because it's a very straightforward Horror film, essentially. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think it's straightforward. I think it's I, a little I, more extreme than straightforward. Uh, yeah, extreme. Uh, it's straightforward in the sense of like, it's not as quirky, I guess you could say, on, it, of his the, other films. Yeah, the the, like, the sequels definitely. Add, all his other movies, all his other movies, in my opinion, are quirkier and yeah. kind of goofier and funnier but, uh, than the first Evil Dead. I think that's that's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I wonder how much cocaine Stephen King was, uh, was on when he, <laughs> oh when he Probably a lot, man. Yeah, he, had to, had to, he must have been killing it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Sam Sam Raimi uh, debuting with something as, like, strong as Evil Dead. I mean, Evil Dead presents itself with uh, with a certain amount of confidence that a lot of first-time directors are kind of ashamed with. But the way Sam Raimi had the passion, you could clearly tell he had a passion for the B movie, you know, genre films, the the horrors, like the the old school horror aesthetic, and tried to replicate that as much as possible while still adding his own like quick, quick, quick pace, quick, uh, you know, uh, fast paced kind of aesthetic to it as well. So uh, I think I think I think it is it was perfect in establishing how his filmography would later go on to kind of evolve itself is perfect in in the sense that it establishes the style of Sam Raimi but and the funness of a Sam Raimi movie while also feeling much I mean 1980s was like the peak of like a lot of slasher horror a lot of uh you know I mean that's you know Halloween that came out during that time exorcism came out during that time so supernatural horror and slasher horror were like two of the bigger waves during that time so this movie kind of incorporated both of those styles and uh, and 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 found found a way to to build upon that. So, uh, I mean, Evil Dead definitely definitely is is, is sick. We think. Uh, yeah, that. I love the Evil Dead a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm wearing I'm repping it today. Actually, yeah. I, I love I love Evil Dead a lot. Is that the original? Is it? Yeah, it's the original poster oh, okay. for it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It kind of happen- looked like the Fetty one, but oh yeah, no, it doesn't even happen in the movie. But yeah. I don't know how they made it as a poster. Right. That's one yeah. thing I I've well, always Evil, wanted to Evil know. Evil Dead too, the poster. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't know why they do it. Yeah. But um, I mean, to kind of backtrack a little bit, I uh, like I know within the woods was the short that he used to raise like the money for the evil dead. Mm. But it's funny because it was a 30 minute film that Bruce Campbell was the antagonist. So he was the possessed one uh. in, in within the woods and he was hunting all of his friends, mm. um, which in the, when they adapted it to a feature, they reversed it. Uh, I don't remember what the reason was, mm. um, but it was originally titled book of the dead. And then they were told by their producer, one of their investors that they should change the name to the evil dead. Cause nobody wants to read and like associating a, a movie call it, having book in the title yeah. apparently is like evil or, or is like wrong so they changed the name to the evil dead they listened to him they took a chance and we're like whatever mm. um, and then they made this film and I I adore it. it it was when I saw it it became my instant favorite horror movie it mm. it scared me to no end I, I saw it my senior year of high school which is I know super late to see a movie but to be like that enamored and struck by it um, saw it very late at night with some friends and 
just like the way it opens up with the with the force moving mm-hmm. through the woods and you have that crazy perspective and it, it's just this ferociously original which is I think like Stephen King's put it the best way possible mm-hmm. it, it, it's such a unique and interesting way to make a film and I think also like it is a, I, I kind of agree with you when you say it's like his most straightforward tonally uh, film mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't really jump around into different to different tones or different styles really mm-hmm. or sorry styles yes but like you know like doesn't have that edge of humor that he has in so many right. of his other films right. but there is kind of like that unintentional like hilarious like funny moments to it mm-hmm. but still there's like the the horror in it is so elevated and it's so good um for example like when is like the the white eyes when i saw that for the first time just that imagery is it's haunting mm-hmm. it's haunting in so many ways and it's disgusting and bloody and and um the deadites and everything i adore the first movie to no end and, mm-hmm. and i love how it's like made on such a small budget on 16 millimeter films mm-hmm. and and you were saying about like them going back to the b movies mm-hmm. apparently like how they wanted to make it was uh rob rob tapper the producer and sam who were, mm-hmm. who were really good friends they met each other in college they were um looking at b movies like in uh drive-in cinemas yeah. they're like these are really bad we can make something better mm-hmm. and so they did that's why they made a horror film it, it was because it was such an easy penetrable way right. into the market and, and, and i mean that's i mean that's how a lot of people are sparking off now too yeah. with, with, i mean i i mean a lot of people don't like to talk about it but before like four years ago horror movies were like really in the shit can yo <laughs> before the conjuring before the conjuring there was yeah. like no i mean we're in the dead spell of horror but then that's where you see people like james wan break out that's where you see people people who make extraordinary uh people make extraordinary horror are always going to stand the test of time in terms of directing, you know. Yeah, and we 100%. even see, I mean, not not necessarily just horror. I mean, just throughout history, just throughout any kind of lesser seen genre. Uh, like even back in the day, it was with Hitchcock, right? Like how mm. Hitchcock was making those those kind of B B B level pulpy movies before anybody else. But then he made them so well that they became the A-list standard that everybody just everybody wanted to get behind them. Same thing we see with people like Sam Raimi. He elevates. Be uh, above the 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 B level the B the B the B movies, you know? right, right. Uh, and I mean, same thing with we see, like I said, James Wan and a bunch of other directors today. Scott Derrickson, yeah, so, great, yeah. great example. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting um, point to say that Sam Raimi is one of those guys who, I mean, each generation kind of has those film horror filmmakers that kind of influence one another to the point that, you know, we're going to current times, like you just said, with a James Wan or. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who's who's it, uh, uh, Ari Aster for Hereditary, even a Jordan Peele, like just current horror film directors who are, who are making horror movies who are inspired by someone like a Sam Raimi who who yeah. isn't really that old, <laughs> yeah. if you think about it. He's still around, still kicking. Yeah, he's still around, he's still kicking, yeah, he's man. He's doing great. It's it's a it's a it's uh, I have more thoughts, but once we get into the Evil Dead uh, two, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start talking about him. Cool. Um, let's move on to his next movie, which isn't the Evil Dead two. It's a mm-hmm. 1985 feature called The Crime Wave. Crime Wave yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's definitely. Yeah, it's I think this is when he starts to get a little bit more into his goofy realm. I don't yeah. know. What do you think about this movie? Um, so I, I actually watched Crime Wave in preparation for this. So no. I had heard so much about it, no. and and. Um, or I, I guess, sorry, I haven't heard that much about it, but like I had just seen so much about like the posters and it, sure. every every still that I saw just looks so interesting. And after having seen it, I think 
I don't think this is confirmed, but like he co-wrote the movie with the Coen brothers. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's why the Coen brothers didn't let anyone direct any of their screenplays until like 2011 or something. Because the way Crime Wave turned out, it wasn't very good. A lot of it was like studio intervention from what I've read too. Like the studio wasn't happy with the way Crime Wave was going. Um, And it definitely, like you see the three studios influence, especially with Mm -hmm. like the two characters that play the exterminators in there that I don't, I think they're on the poster. They're on the poster of the Blu-ray at least. Yeah, um, so they, they play exterminators, and they're just, like, so goofy and very cartoonish and very over-the-top. And it's definitely playing to that 19... Or I don't know what year the Three Stooges are. That yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. No. Oh, the, I think so. Uh, when the movie yeah, came the out. Was, like, the Three Stooges, 50s? like, the 30s? Yeah, 30s, 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 30s. Okay, that's 30s, what, okay yeah, so it was definitely playing towards that, like, yeah. even with the sound effects and the way they're, like, performing and acting. Um the Cobb brothers are a big fan of that kind of yeah, thing. and so is Sam. Like yeah. Sam, that's exactly why I, I forget about that team up. The Cohen brothers and Sam. Yeah, because they were an actual like Joel Cohen yeah. was the assistant editor on The Evil Dead. That's it was, right. And is like how they they started. See, this is why we. I, I remember he said it in an interview, but I yeah. kind of just put it in the back of my head. But now that I think about it, it's crazy. Like think about what, the movie you just saw, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Scruggs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Coens definitely have like a an influence in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Crime Wave, I. Cannot unfortunately recommend very very strongly. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's one of those. It's it's an example. And my I, I don't know. I might be wrong. Isn't an example of kind of not being reined in enough, Sam Raimi, because yeah. he can go slightly too goofy. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, it, it depends what your opinions are on Ash, Ash versus Evil Dead. I, I love Ash. Seen, oh, Evil yeah, Dead. I love but there's Ash. there's some moments in my opinion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where I'm like. This is too far. <laughs> yeah, no, that's but fair. Is, is there a point where you think this movie is an example of that, or do you, do you feel like this is studio intervention all the way through? No, it's definitely not studio intervention all the way okay. through. Like I, I don't. You I think don't... it could be Sam maybe being like, let's just make the street Three Stooges again, and it doesn't really work. I think the hard part. There, I think there's a lot of reasons why. I like. I think that's one thing too. It's like when a movie doesn't end up being successful. I don't know if I can like ever attribute it to one necessary mm-hmm. factor, and like. I I think a lot of people can find enjoyment in Crime Wave. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is um, the Coen Brothers screen or the screenplay that Coen Brothers and and Sam Raimi co-wrote. Mm-hmm. I think is a really hard like screenplay to pull off. It's like mm-hmm. this ode to 1940s like noir films. Like it's it's this like very kind of pulpy story mm-hmm. and very but like so it has that like edge to it, but it's also playing with comedy in a lot of ways. So it's like mixing the the, the tones right. that, that he does really, or that he, he is such a big fan of and, and he does really well mm. um, in his other movies. But in this one, it kind of feels like a little tone deaf in a lot of ways. Like mm. I, when I see it, I feel like a lot of the comedy lands flat and that's like not something you want to be saying when, yeah. you're, when you're seeing a joke on so screen. from the 80s. Like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, no, it's just strange because like it, it would happen and you could tell it was supposed to be funny, but it just, it, didn't hit mm. and um and re- like Sam Raimi himself is like he doesn't really enjoy talking about the movie apparently like, because it was such a negative oh, really? experience for, for all of them wow. yeah because it was so rough for them making the movie with the studio because mm. I think like he was trying to go like this very different direction the studio was like trying to like pull him back but then like the way that they ended up going I think wasn't a good direction mm. um Ultimately, I think the cinematography is one thing that I really do enjoy. Mm-hmm. If, if there's one thing about the movie that I thought was great, it's the cinematography. This is the first time he teams up with uh, with the homie who shoots the rest of his films, right? If I'm not no, mistaken. no. I, I don't actually know who shot this movie. I have to look it up, but it, it's not. Uh, you're talking about Bill Pope, yeah. who shot uh, Army of Darkness and Darkman and uh, Spider-Man right, right. Mm-hmm. 1 through 3. And yeah, I Matrix. could be... 
Think and, so. and I think yeah, no, he, he's. But I don't, I don't know. If they, I don't think that this is their first collaboration. Uh, but the okay. movie has a really good, like, colorful, very Suspiria-like cinematography, oh, which Suspiria, is, I which is Suspiria. really cool. Like the 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 neon, the streets have like all these like blue neon or like yeah. pink neon lights. I like and, that. Um, so I think visually it's it's interesting, but uh, unfortunately it's not necessarily um it wasn't my type of movie i would right, say so right. uh, i, I think, think it's, it's, i'm sorry go ahead oh no i mean i i was just gonna say like give it a shot if you're interested but i i don't i don't think it's it's an easy movie to recommend to a lot of right, people. right right i mean it's always tough like when writer directors are handing their script off to somebody we kind of talked about a little bit before in the car like about tarantino yeah natural born killers versus yeah. uh you know uh with oliver stone and how Oliver Stone has a very strong style. Tarantino has a very strong style. So sometimes the styles just don't collide. Right, uh, right. Maybe same thing with Sam Raimi and the Coens, you know? Very yeah. strong stylistically. But. So following this movie, finally we get um, The Evil Dead 2. Is it Evil Dead 2 or The Evil Dead 2? Evil Dead drops a V. Yeah, drops a V. Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. So in anticipation for this movie, it, it, I was looking at some of the trailers, I guess. Um, kind of building hype for this movie. Have, have you never seen it until until getting ready? No, no, for no this? I have, I have. Oh, okay, I'm just okay. saying, like, I was watching yeah. like behind the scenes stuff and trailers, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's so interesting that Sam Raimi was very much kind of preparing you for very disturbing stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> at least throughout the trailers. That's kind of the vibe I got, uh, and that's what we got, man. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. this is finally when I, I feel like. Um, there's going to be different opinions regardless of uh, depending on where you land as far as Evil Dead fans mm-hmm. uh, or Sam Raimi fans. But I believe most people regard this as a better film to the first. Would you agree with that? Um, so what I'll say to this is like I subjectively prefer the first Evil Dead. Like mm. me, like my favorite is the first Evil Dead because of my personal attachment. Like part, like right. I think that goes into like the meaning of like the movie means more to me. Right. Um, although I think objectively Evil Dead 2 is considered the way better film. Like, it's a better I, film. I can like objectively say, like without yeah. a doubt, it's funnier, it's scarier in a lot of ways, it's more creative. It has like a a compelling main character, where, whereas like the first one is just like very generic and more about the genre film. This one's like a lot more. It has a lot more going for it, I'd say. Mm. And I love the poster, by the way, to this movie. The, 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 yeah, just the, go. yeah, the reason I actually watched the Evil Dead in the first place was because I I saw the poster of uh, Evil Dead Two, and it was just like that skull with the two eyes. Mm. And I was like, I need to see that. I don't know what it is, but I need to see it. So I bought it on Blu-ray at Best Buy or something. Mm. And then I didn't have the first one, so I did, I wanted to wait till I had the first one, mm. and and then I was able to find it on Blu-ray another place. And so I I bought it, and I was like able to watch them both, and it was magical. They're both fantastic. That's right. that's wild, yeah. man. Because yeah. I have a different. I want to hear your take. Before. Oh, Interesting. takes. No, I actually really enjoy uh, Evil Dead too. I, I, yeah. I, um, you know, I, I think the first one, the first one does have a certain like amateurish charm to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you know, it really, it really does lend to that whole like idea of this is if this is really a sequel or a remake or because it's it's the same setup as the original Evil Dead, right? But then yeah, it it, it spins it in in a much different direction tonically. And story-wise, it kind of heads into a different direction. But then they, uh, but you know, it's it's, but it feels like as as though this is the movie that was the the evil the original Evil Dead was like almost intended to be on a much on a little, little bit of a larger scale. Um, but I, I I really enjoy I, I I enjoy them both for very different reasons. It's like yeah. we talk about Mad Max versus Mad Max World. 
Mad Max versus Mad Max uh, Road Warrior, right? The second one, yeah. right? How the first one is a very gritty, straightforward um, action piece, and the second one is a more of an expansive story that really gives you much more you know, much more of the lore, much more. It's of the also the, the Terminator, Terminator 2. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. 100%. Right, Because right, I right. love the, ter- the first Terminator. Oh, right. I, but it's so I different too. from Terminator 2. I love right. the first one a lot, I love too. It. It's, it's yeah. tough to even compare. It's tough to even compare them because they're different movies they are. Yeah. and yeah. different filmmakers at this point. It's almost the, so. I don't, I don't want to paint it with this broad of a brush, but mm-hmm. it's almost the, the, the budget effect. Increasing yeah. the budget mm-hmm. allows mm-hmm. you to be a little bit more creative, allows you to do a little bit more different stuff with the camera, right. almost kind of make a different type of movie where right. the first one is, a, like I said before, kind of a traditional straight horror, straightforward horror movie. Um, and then in the second one, you can kind of bring it up a little bit more, add more special yeah. effects, add more camera movements, add more quick editing, uh, stuff that becomes more of Sam Raimi's signature, right. similar to James Cameron making the t- first Terminator much more of a simple uh, horror movie. Right. And then in the second one, it's a yeah. giant, cre- crazy box office action movie. I think yeah. I think, I think think that Evil Dead 2 might have a wider, uh, I think, cultural influence, I might say, than the first one, maybe. Oh, yeah, Cause 100%. Because I, like, I feel like this is really the first time we... Like, we've seen Sam Raimi's style kind of being played with, but this is where it really, like, kissed This is where him. you... I, I agree 100%. I was yeah. about to say the same thing. This is where you see his style mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. carries on through the rest of his films, in my opinion. I don't yeah. know. I might be wrong. No, I mean, I, I think that's right. I think, like, he starts it in the first one, but mm. but it's played straight like we, like we were talking about earlier. It's just like play like this is my creative visual flair and my visual aesthetic and the things that I like to do with the camera. It's like they're very strange things. Mm. But then here, I think when he does it again and he plays it up more in certain ways and and he also plays it comedically, it just like creates this like new edge to it. That's like mm. suddenly it, it's a growth. It's almost like, it's not like it, it's not like this is the first time it's there. It's just like this is what it's evolved into mm. at this stage. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he has more progressions. I think it, it changes in, in in the future in a little bit, but right, right. a little bit in a different way. But we can talk about that when we mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I I see exactly what you're saying, and I think it's so true. So uh, let's kind of break it down. Yeah. Um, specifically regarding this movie, but also a little bit slightly in general. Cool. What is Sam Raimi's style, directing style? Um, I think he's he has a very subjective like kind of kind of thing that he always goes for. Like I think. I, I personally love in, in Evil Dead too, where uh, he has the a lot of times the camera is kind of moving with the wind as it as it blows into the in the house, or it, it gets very close up. It's very in your face, and I think he uses the camera to communicate uh, a lot of different. I mean, particularly with the character of with the main character Ash. of Ash and and his like psychological breakdown that he starts to have uh, as the film uh, continues and continues to grow to grow to go. Uh, you see, you see the way that he frames the shots are a little mm. more uh, expressive. You see the way that the, the, you know, the way the camera whips around and moves around and pushes in, and the quick cuts and the quick edits. It all kind of he's to like this uh, universal sense of 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 stress, but like fast paced, you know. Mm-hmm. And it has a very different perspective on a horror genre where it's like fast paced, very, f- and 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 it influenced. I definitely think it. Influences people like Edgar Wright, where we see that later in other genres. But in 100%, this, yeah. but in, yeah, but in, in this, in this, that style is utilized to really highlight the the psychological breakdown that 
Ash's Ash's facing. So I really I really dig it. Yeah, it's that. almost yeah. it's the Edgar Wright before Edgar Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Edgar Wright of his time. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. What do you What do you think his I style mean, is? I mean, he's got so many components to it. I think RB three did a like the a, camera is definitely one. A of them. Really, yeah, camera is yeah. a huge one. I, I think. I think he his style is a lot also in editing. It's just like this very like quick frenetic pacing that mm-hmm. like his movies have. I think someone who you know I, I think I didn't really gravitate or I didn't understand how to grasp it his style mm-hmm. until um, the Red Letter Media they did like a video on the Evil Dead movies mm-hmm. and they actually spoof it at the end. They they mm-hmm. like they they um, kind of like make fun of the Evil Dead tropes and like whatnot of like this like very quick camera style and then mm-hmm. and like the voices of the villains or whatnot and then like how the the superhero or sorry not superhero the mm-hmm. like hero the the protagonist mm-hmm. is like able to get like that one weapon like in a very like right, very right. funny cheesy way right. and then, like, is able to save the day in like a cheesy heroic fashion yeah. exactly so so they actually spoofed it which is really funny and like I think it does a really good job of highlighting what his style is because a lot of it comes with like the editing style the performance style mm-hmm. as well it's the like performance style it's yeah. very mm-hmm. just like it's jerky is, is the way I, I kind of want to describe it in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and he does it again in Dark Man and um and uh, in again with Army of Darkness too, but it's mm-hmm. it's just like it's frenetic and chaotic, but controlled ultimately. It's mm-hmm. not, it's it's not like chaotic and like you can't control. It. It's just like it's contained, but it, it's elegantly com- contained too. It's it's very very unique. But there's, there's also that element of like you never know how a scene's gonna play out. Like you go into a scene, and that's what I love about it too, mm-hmm. is like you go into a scene and it could start off horrifying. Uh, for example, in Evil Dead Two, where like you have the 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 laughing scene, the the very very right, famous right, laughing scene, right. starts off with like there's like blood dripping out of the wall, mm-hmm. and then like Ash goes over to it, and then he's a little bit confused, and all of a sudden like blood like flies out, which is like kind of horrific, but then uh, but also like funny. Like, you start laughing because it's just like so over the top, right. and then like the the deer head starts laughing at him, and mm-hmm. it's like that's creepy. Mm-hmm. But then the whole room starts laughing, and then it just it becomes really funny all of a sudden. Like right. it just it juggles you around, and so I think what's what makes it so interesting is that like you never know. Like that, it's like the unexpected. It's like you, right. you. It's it's just you never know how a scene's gonna end up going. So you you're taken for a ride along with the story. Mm. It's like the the form of it is also taking you along. Mm. It's like t- interesting narrative. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's go. Let's break down thematically what what he's. Yeah. Uh, let, let me start out by saying. Yeah, go for yeah. it. What's your thoughts? What's your yeah, hot take? Well, no, it's not a hot take. It's just I I really <laughs> do feel like this at the end of the day. And like, damn it, I don't want to say that, but uh-huh. I say it. It, it kind of breaks it all down, and you guys might disagree, to like old school horror filmmaking of just what will disturb the shit out of you. Mm. Like, so you're saying can, Evil Dead 2? Evil Dead, that? like all what's right, cool. going to disturb a shit ton of blood, some creepy ass imagery. Like Sam Raimi is really good at showing you, scaring you through showing you something that is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's mm. like, let's let's horrify you by showing you some nasty ass crazy ass shit uh and and just like literally like straight on horrifying imagery is is is, i think the secret ingredient to sam raimi right throughout his horror movies throughout all his horror movies i'm you know including all the ones we're going to talk about eventually i really do feel like it's disturbing imagery like Mm -hmm. the old school style of like What's going to scare you? I mean, as a kid, like, what would scare you? Disturbing imagery. Like, yeah. stuff like The Exorcist, right. at the end of the day, would scare the shit out of oh, me. For, as a kid, you know, as an adult, it might be other themes, but as a kid, it's the freaking demon child, creepy face and vomit stuff. Like, that's, that's scary. scary. Mm-hmm. It is scary. Um, <laughs> but I think that's kind of the, the idea of Sam Raimi, where he's taking in 
just disturbing imagery. And 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 I, I think it works, obviously. I, I just personally, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't that. need that in my life. <laughs> That's just my personal take from it. But I, I do acknowledge the, the creativity of the filmmaking that he does. Um, but thematically, what is, he, what is he communicating throughout his films? Even if it's just a horror, is it just like, am I being too simple by saying, you know, obviously I want to be corrected. Am right. I being too simple by saying it's just scary imagery? Or is um, there an actual theme to Ash's story that he has to go through all this stuff for a reason? Uh, or is it just meaningless? I don't know if there's like a particular reason for it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just Or is like, it just to truly horrify you? Like I, think old it's, school... I, think it's, I think it's entertainment, but I think it's also like, it's a character journey, you know? It's a character journey for Ash, like yeah. how he ends up growing as a character. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe Camila could get a little, yeah. a little more of this, but I, I think that to me at least it's like, it's a traditional horror kind of setup, horror kind of like trapped in the in the cabin, surrounded by a bunch of. We see that in a bunch of horror movies up, in, you know, even up until this point. Yeah. Um, but then it's 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 the way I flip it to make it a much more. I, I guess I don't want to say like heroic story, but give it a, give it a little more of a of a up, uplifting. I don't want to say like it's a, like a spoof or a parody, but. It's, it's a comedic homage, maybe, you know? Well, I don't know. Well, um, before we get to, to Camilo's take, yeah. I, I wanted to break down what, what Sam Raimi said or, or his three laws of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he added a fourth one at the end, but he said it was the Combs that, that gave him the fourth one. Uh, he said this in an interview. You can find it on YouTube. Um, I love this interview. I forget what he said for yeah, this, but, but he I know said, what he's he talking about. The first rule of horror is the innocent must suffer. Right. Um, mm. Where he said, like, this poor sap of a guy, you know, good, well-meaning dude is going to suffer. Um, number two, he said the guilty must be punished. So whatever evil is out there has to get its due. Uh, and then number three, he says, you must taste blood to be a man. <laughs> and then he, he goes on by saying it's like a coming of age by tasting blood. Um, and, and by blood, I guess he means like he could be killing, it could be murder, it could right. be actually tasting blood. Um, and then the fourth one, he said, were the Coens that gave him the, the dead must rise, I think is what he said. <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, yeah. But he definitely the, does that. <laughs> um, yeah. th- that's his uh, breakdown of, yeah. of horror. What do you guys think of that? And what do you think is is that adding to his themes as far as horror movies go? Yeah, it's it's super interesting because like I don't know if I could say that it has like a a very just like life changing theme to sure. it. Like I think I think part of it is I don't fully know how many cabin horror movies there were before The Evil Dead. Right, but like it definitely. Sp- Spawned, spawned a lot of them. Some yeah. just there like was a, uh, strange. Th- what's that one? Uh, the, the the I guess it's called Strange Dogs or whatever. Uh, strange Dogs. I don't know. Maybe I'm stray tripping. Stray dogs. Stray stray dogs. I don't know, man. I'm tripping. Maybe I got it. I got. I got. Look, <laughs> I got. Look these movies up. Right. But I think there there was there was a little bit of the cabin movies. But you're right. I think Evil Dead like really set yeah. set it up for a lot a lot more of those. Right. So I'm not sure. There's like a general like. Overarching. Yeah, you know, you know what I think it is. Mm. Kind of to go. I, I, I really. This is my take that I really feel like it really is just to disturb you, just to make you feel horrified. Yeah, I mean, I think what he's doing really well is he's giving you emotions, mm. and, and like I, and I, I really do think like, and it could be horrifying, like for someone who like like you like you really feel the horror parts mm-hmm. and like now I, I guess I'm at this point with Evil Dead where just like the funny parts are really accentuated sure. to me. So like now I get like more of the funny edge to it. So I think ultimately like what he's what he does is he makes you feel and I, I think ultimately that's what a director has to do mm. make you feel some emotion because as soon as like someone's not feeling some sort of way they've failed in the sense of like they're they're making you think about 
they're making you think about whatever. Like you're not you're not like caring about what's happening on the screen before. You're not empathizing with the characters. Suddenly you're kind of like, all right, got to buy these groceries today, and then right, gotta, right, gotta, right. gotta go to the store. And and I think what Sam Raimi does so well is like he transports you literally mm-hmm. into the world of these characters. Mm-hmm. But I think also part of it is like he's not showing a a good character. Like Ash is a jerk. He's oh yeah. He's an a hole, and he's supposed to be like he he's cocky. He's misogynistic in a way, mm-hmm. um, and that's like the funny part that this is the guy you're supposed to rely on. Like, mm-hmm. like he's making a commentary, like that, that, that uh, of just like any any regular guy can be a hero. And like, of course, in our world, or in I guess the Evil Dead's world, mm-hmm. like the world where these Deadites attack, the one guy you have to save you is this like this a hole who who just like is is, is very rude and crass and crass yeah. and all this stuff. Um, and I think it adds to the humor, like how he gets transported back to like medieval times at the end of the movie it's just like Mm. the one job you're supposed to do you didn't even do right and you messed up i think Mm. it's just like it's funny and i i don't when i say it's like ultimately meaningless that sounds really bad and pessimistic Mm. so like more so 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 take those words like at face value i think it's like it's not supposed to be like this like message that he's like sure he's Mm. transforming everything it's just it's it's how you see how you can feel the world always being a dynamic place and like never being one flavor, one thing. I don't think any movie should ever have that one tone it sticks with. Right. Or, or it can, depending on how you tell it, but like I think that's what something Sam Raimi shows. And, and you know what? We talked a lot about Coen Brothers, how yeah. the Coen Brothers and Raimi connection. When we did the Coen Brothers episode, there was a fan who tweeted me because I, I kind of pondered the question too of like, what's the meaning of a lot of these Coen Brothers movies? And a fan tweeted me, I can't pull the name of this fan off the top of my head, but he said uh, a lot of the, the themes is nihilism, right? Like nihilism, mm. like the the idea of... Uh, it, was, it was all, it wasn't worth it at the end. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Like it, whatever whatever you experience in life, is it doesn't, it ultimately doesn't really matter. You know, mm. that's kind of the ultimate idea of, or not, not just nihilism, but existentialism too, like to some extent, right? Yeah. Like, it, what what exists outside of your being is much larger than the being of it in and of right. itself. So I feel like in a lot of ways, Evil Dead is that. Like the whole idea of like this book of prophecy, the whole tradition of like setting up a hero's journey story. <laughs> yeah, and it totally and undermines it. Totally it undermines it, it <laughs> demythalizes it. So yeah. I feel like that's that that could also be uh, what, what will ultimately... That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's really good. Uh, hey, man. I wouldn't call trying. it nihilism, though. I will nah. say that. I wouldn't call Sam Raimi nihilism. Yeah. The Coen brothers, I mean... I haven't seen enough of their movies to, right. to really see. I mean, I love the Coen Brothers. I, don't I would me wrong. See, I would agree with that with the Coen Brothers. But I yeah. I, I kind of see yeah. it too, like with Burn After Reading. And, yeah, and Burn like After No Country for Old Men yeah. too. But like definitely with Sam Raimi. I think Sam Raimi has like a really optimistic point of view on. He life. does have optimism, and, and yeah. it's much more. You're right because once we go into Army of Darkness, it's a lot more heroic. Of, yeah, yeah, that changes a lot. That um, changes. Yeah. Before we do that, let's get into Darkman, 1990. Yeah, Darkman, 1990. Um, starring. Liam Neeson, Francis McDormand, Francis yes, McDormand. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you guys think of this movie? Um, this is. I mean, I, I saw them reference it on the Collider Top Fifty Superhero Movies. Yeah, you, you Christian loves that. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I hadn't really seen this movie outside of uh, outside of researching it for this uh, this episode, and I didn't get to uh, jump into the full thing, but I did watch a lot of clips of it, and it and it seems like. It, it, from and from my understanding of it is that it was an original Sam Raimi character that he created and uh, created his own comic book for so he could adapt it himself. Uh, but it you know the character uh, evokes a lot of shades of like Batman, a lot of shades of like the darker noir 
influenced uh, superheroes. And a lot of people say Moonlight, Moon Knight. I haven't, I don't know who Moon, Moon Knight is, mm. uh, but he's a, apparently like a Marvel equivalent of of Batman to some extent, right? But yeah, a lot of that takes a lot of those darker noir ish elements and incorporates that into the story. I think it's really cool that we don't really see any noir superhero movies, and you know, noir is like my favorite genre of any kind of film so I, I think it's dope that Sam Raimi kind of put those the two superhero the superhero world and noir world we don't really see that really put together so yeah so. how about you Camilo oh um well I really like Darkman mm. I I think it's it's very of its time though and I mm. think that's a really important thing like if if you have anyone who's like gonna go see Darkman after like listening to this mm. like I think also it, it was made at a different time. Like mm. it, it's an R-rated superhero film, which really? it, like, I know we always talk about like Deadpool. It's crazy. It was right. R-rated and Logan R-rated superhero movies. That's insane. But there was a time in the nineties where it's just like, that was, that was, that normal. was, that was like a thing. Like yeah. I mean, comic book movies weren't as, as big. So it's a very graphic film. Mm. And, and yeah, he wanted the rights to Batman and another DC character called the shadow. I think. Oh, the shadow, the shadow. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he wanted others. Uh-huh. Um, too, but like I, I, DC was like, no, Tim Burton's making Batman, so like, sorry, and, yeah. and so he, he decided to make. This yeah, this is the year after Batman came out. Yeah, yeah. so That's so then he made this this Darkman movie, which he yeah, which he did create, kind of like based off the Universal monsters, mm. and mm. it's um, is he crazy, Darkman? Dark, I mean, is he supposed to be like psychologically insane? A little, because I mean, the thing, I, I, I don't know too much. I wouldn't say like it's it's like a. A, a, a definite like correlation but I think like it's hinted at because his whole body essentially gets dif- disfigured and he gets mm. deformed so I think when that happens like when his like physical self is is unbalanced I think his like internal self is unbalanced which is I think part of like the character itself mm. um, but I mean this movie's bananas in, yeah. in the best way possible I, I think it's so fun um, def- you would never see anything like this made today which is I think the insane part about it and part of why I like it so mm-hmm. much it's just like it's so unique it's so it's just so so interesting how you have like Liam Neeson playing this this very estranged comic book like character and mm-hmm. and he puts on other people's faces to be them and mm-hmm. and it's it's dark like the villains are they they hit hard like the in the opening scene someone cuts off someone else's finger like the like one of the main villains cuts wow. off someone else's finger with like a cigarette or a cigar cutter mm. uh, and like that's a that's a morbid scene like mm. it, it's really intense and, and shows like Sam Raimi's like prowess in in, crea- in crafting the superhero film film I will say though and, and I know we're not talking Spider-Man right now but like it is interesting to see his progression to get to where Spider-Man is like mm. this is still even though it's made with Universal wasn't given of I mean I, I think a high budget for its time but like it's still right. not that much money and so a lot of the Green, the green screen effects are seem very outdated even today. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of different elements of it, of the movie that don't necessarily, I'd say, like hold up by today's standards. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like you can under understate the importance of Darkman and like how he was able to kind of bounce back and and, yeah. and show like a different side to him. Like it's it's goofy action horror and fun like it sure. goes into like the tone blending of style interesting right. is it does it have like a, a Rorschach effect for lack of a better term as far as uh, from Watchmen Watchmen so are, are you saying like Rorschach in the sense of like the the, the character, character Rorschach um, because I, I I, it's, it's all these it, it's so interesting right because Batman is the most um, popular famous 
whatever. Uh, like brooding ter- character. Yeah, that kind of has that theme. And then you you take it different levels. And like you said, you got a Moon Knight. You take it another level, you got a Rorschach. You take it another Whereas like at the end of the day, if you all circle back around, it's like Batman is a psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who likes to beat up people. Like if, if you read Batman comics, um, um, I, I don't know how many comics that you guys have read. Have you read Arkham Asylum? No, I haven't read Arkham um, Asylum. I mean, I know the video game. No, the, the comic, the, the, yeah. the graphic novel is great because it kind of talks about how like, oh no, Batman's insane. Like he's very right. much crazy. No, yeah, um, I, haven't, I haven't read that. Yeah, no. he's just as nutty as everyone else is. As Scarecrow, as the Joker, as yeah. all these guys. Um, so it kind of has that effect of like Rorschach, where Rorschach is psycho. He's a psycho. Or like someone like I don't know, Darkman, another psycho. Like, yeah, does he, it have that kind of like, um, I don't know, for for lack of a better term, for for people who haven't seen Darkman or not as familiar, yeah, Watchman influence, or it <coughs> was Watchman influenced by it? I don't know if Watchman Watchman was influenced by this, or if this was influenced by Dark by uh, Watchman came out in the eighties, though, right? Yeah, it did. Oh, the, so, the comic did. Yeah. So this could have yeah. been because I mean, like, even looking at Darkman's design, like it has he has the hat and mm-hmm. he and he has the like the the trench coat oh, and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it, it is very much. I think visually, like I've always thought, Rorschach and Darkman have had a lot of similarities, especially in the poster where Darkman's like silhouetted by the dark by like um, the light, and like you don't really see his face at all. Right. Um, I think it has that. But I mean, have you seen the carnival sequence of, of this film? I don't know if you've like seen the clip of it. Um, it's very over the top, but essentially it shows kind of the craziness of his character. I, I love the carnival scene myself. It's essentially he, him and Francis McDormand after he's had his accident. I'm going to backtrack a little bit, sorry, because there's like a lot. Essentially has this accident, but he was also a scientist developing this technology to recreate skin, but it can only last a certain amount of time in light because Mm. the sun like melts it Mm. after like an hour and a half, I think it is. So that's why he's called Dark Man, because he has to to stay in the dark Mm. um, or else like the light will melt his face. Mm. Um, So he's like able to reconstruct his face and comes back to his girlfriend, Frances McDormand, who thought he was dead. Mm. And he takes her to this one carnival and he's trying to like win her uh, a pink, a fluffy pink elephant in like this carny game or whatever. And the scene's hilarious because he's like trying to trying to win it. And this carny and him are having this argument. He's just like, give me the pink elephant like right now. And it's like a really goofy thing. But suddenly his face starts to melt and he's like realizing like, oh, no, I lost track of time. I'm, I'm running out. And he just like in the most crazy over the top fashion just like yells and like runs away and it's just like <laughs> this dude's bananas like what like, what, are, what are you watching and so i think it does have that like you she's even like what is wrong with him he's acting very different mm-hmm. and ultimately i mean can i spoil it yeah i don't know sure. yeah, I, don't, I, I won't spoil it because you I, I want you to see no it. no, no. You, no. You came out 27 years ago man i, I will say ago. like it, it ends in a in, in a very heroic way in the sense of like they know that they can't really be together, or Darkman knows mm. that he can't. He can't be the person traditional he used to be. superhero, right? Kind of like Spider Man. <laughs> Sounds familiar, yeah. Uh, but but it plays it in a, like a lot. I, I think the ending is really good, but but um, check it out. It's it's very different, though. Awesome, yeah. yeah uh, 1992. We got a uh, follow up to um, his other movies with the Army of Darkness or Army of Darkness. Sorry, yeah, Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead follow. His Evil Dead follow. Um, what do you guys uh, take away from Army of Darkness? I feel like this one is a little bit more. I might be wrong. Uh, people have more opinions on this one. Yeah, I, I saw this one most sure. recently. I saw this one most recently. Yeah, should have been called Medieval Dead. Yeah, yeah. Mi- biggest missed opportunity. Biggest missed opportunity That's of all yeah. in history, right there. Uh, what's your uh, What's your takeaway, RB3? Just watching it. Uh, well, I think it's interesting that it, the franchise went from straight up horror to horror comedy yeah. to 
actually like fantasy. Like just yeah, share the fantasy. It, it goes around. crazy. Yeah, yeah fantasy comedy. Um, and honest, is this is this spoof level though? Would you call it spoof level? Is is there? You know what? Honestly, I don't really know because I've honestly seen more. I guess quote unquote spoofs, quote unquote parodies of fantasy movies and actual fantasy movies themselves. I was gonna say <laughs> that's so funny. You're not a fantasy guy, are you? No, I just haven't. So I've seen yeah. I've seen more Monty Monty Pythons. I've seen more of the King Arthur spoofs. I've seen more of those than I've actually oh, seen. What's them. the Martin Lawrence one? Uh, uh, Black Knight. And yeah, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen more. I've seen more <laughs> movies like that. Exactly. Like that movie's hilarious. I've seen that one since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen movies like I've seen more movies that parody or even that show. Uh, what's that Netflix show that just came out? Uh, and Disenchantment. Disenchantment. Oh yeah, the Disenchantment. Matt Groening one. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, one? yeah, yeah. That's even a send up of. of oh that stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you told me about it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good cartoon. Yeah, but, you got to see Game of Thrones, man. Uh, yeah, see, you got to see Thrones Game of Thrones. Is, is all, is all that is. Like, yeah. I got to get into that. It's uh, so good. Lord of the Rings. I fuck with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I fuck with Lord of the Rings. You, but that's 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 a little different, I guess. It is. It, yeah. It's it's yeah. Game of Thrones. Anyways, go back to Army Darkness. But no, I I actually really I feel like this is the one that. Like, it, it feels like they were trying something new. I feel like every third movie in every trilogy tries to go in a completely different direction. It's like when you watch a, an actual movie, the first act, second act are usually something, but there has to be like a third act twist to kind of propel into the third act. This movie does something very different and it, and, and it, and it experiments with it a lot. I think it hits for a lot of parts, but some parts are... Uh, got a little dry and you know a, a, a little bit like oh what's what's going on here but I think ultimately it's really it's really it really goes to show that no matter what direction the story goes and what uh, however's whatever whatever location that the the story is set Ash is always going to be Ash and he's yeah. the most Ash he is in, in in this movie I think out of anything and of course Sam Raimi's always going to accentuate Bruce Bruce. Uh, Bruce Campbell's talents, uh, you know, and 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 that just goes to show here. So, it it definitely feels fa- it feels faithful to the character, and it adapts the mythology to an, in a new way. But it's it's very different than the other two, I would say. So yeah, um, I, I I I do I do enjoy this movie though. I think overall. What do you think, Camilo? Um, I I really like Army of Darkness. I think it's very funny. I think yeah. out of anything, it doesn't feel like Evil Dead Three. So yeah. I. I I'm kind of glad it wasn't called Evil Dead 3. And I, right. I, think, I actually don't know why it was changed to Army of Darkness. Um, uh-huh. I, I don't know that story. But um, I think it, ultimately it did kind of benefit the film. Because yeah. it, it gave a, it, is it almost like a, like, I don't want to say reboot, but is it almost like a let's let's try not to identify? Because I feel like that's a that's such a big decision, whether it's the studio decision or whether it's the Sam Raimi decision as far as to not call it something oh, Evil Dead actually, because I think if, I know why. if I'm a studio person and I'm putting out a movie and I'm saying let's not call it Evil Dead 3 it's ve- that's a very deliberate decision in yeah. my opinion so I, I don't know maybe they were trying to do something so different that it's like let's not associate with the previous two films I, actually so now that I remember kind of we're going to I'm going to kind of talk about Evil Dead 2 for a quick second mm-hmm. again but I know for Evil Dead 2 the reason they had to drop the the and like why they had to kind of remake the first one within the first five minutes mm. is because they couldn't actually get the rights to the first one when they like th- with they when they made the first one, it like someone else was the mm. copyright holder, and when they were trying to go to, for the sequel, the the rights owners or whatever was like you you can't use any of our footage or or any of this stuff, mm. so they were like all right we're just gonna remake it then, <laughs> and so that's why they re- that's why they remade slash like continued off of like this f- like fake remake 
mm. beginning. Mm. Um, and I know that, I don't know where what studio made Evil Dead 2 other than Renaissance Pictures, which is Sam Raimi's production company. Mm. But I know Army of Darkness was done by Universal after the success of Darkman. Mm. They're like, well, we'll make your Evil Dead 3. Um, Maybe it was like some rights issue or something that they Maybe, couldn't yeah. get the, the rights to Evil Dead 3, yeah. especially after they made Evil Dead 2. So um, those and rights. Dr- and dropping the dust. It could be the rights. I'm not sure. That, sure. that could be wrong. It's just speculation. What, yeah, what I'd imagine it would be. Um, I think Army of Darkness is, I mean, because Evil Dead 2 ends with him going to medieval times. Like mm-hmm. the, it, the, liter- the end is right. like he gets transported in time and he lands in, in, in uh, it's like medieval time. Right. And, like he's... he's very like or screams like no like really loudly and, and whatever and and army of darkness opens that the same way it ends or the same way evil dead 2 ends mm-hmm. so um, it's a clear sequel so it is a clear sequel mm-hmm. um it's so funny though like yeah. if one thing is it drops the horror side to evil dead entirely and i had such a phenomenal time watching this movie the first time i thought it was hysterical i think it's a, a blast to watch the people however like trying to watch it in in the series like i feel like it, it just it's never fit in well like if you try to do a marathon of the evil dead movies mm-hmm. it's the one that stands out the most and in and in not in the best way possible because it's like very it's a very different flavor it's really not being the horror that it started out to be which is right. fine like if you, as long as you know that and are going into it that way like i think it's really great and i think it's a phenomenal movie we haven't talked about Bruce Campbell enough, actually. I, th- I think Bruce I, Campbell. I agree. We is haven't. Awesome. He's great. He's yeah. so good in all of his movies. He's even in Crime Wave. He's the best part of Crime Wave too. Mm. Like he is, he, and he makes a cameo appearance in like every single one of Raimi's films, oh, along, yeah. with, along with Raimi's car, the Delta eighty eight. Um, oh really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's the, funny. the Delta eighty eight. Yeah. Okay. So and um, Bruce Campbell, he's I think at his best here. Like he mm. he's really really something else. And like yeah. he he's just, having the most fun. Yeah, he just says lines and they're hilarious. And, yeah. and it just seemed like such a fun set to work on and everything. And and so um, I definitely do think it, it it is not like if you're if you're wanting Evil Dead three watch the remake mm-hmm. or sorry the the yeah the uh, remake the, the Fede yeah. Alvarez remake yeah. um to kind of get like the more horror. In, more horror side right. of it but that's like, a straight up horror movie yeah but yeah. Army of Darkness is a great time and I highly recommend right, it right, right 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 um the nah. quick and the dead what is your uh have you guys um, caught I, up with I, this movie I haven't been exposed to this film yeah. have, have, have you no I haven't yeah so that's why so, I'm asking uh quick and the dead is um Probably along with Crime Wave, not one of my favorites of his. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't one of my movies. I, I was really looking forward to seeing it because it has Leo DiCaprio, it has Sharon Stone, and, oh, really? and Russell wow. Crowe. Like oh, it has sure. a really, really good, cla- really good cast. Um, and I think it does a really good job being a western and and, and kind of staying true to that. Although I don't think Raimi's like style fits with the fits western very genre. well with it. Like you can tell. I think that was one where like Sam Raimi was kind of like struggling to. Maybe not struggling is the right word, but almost like it, it, they did not mesh as well as, as it could have probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I can see a, a reason why people like this movie, and I, th- I think it's definitely interesting and worthwhile to check out. Not my cup of tea personally, but it's, it's a fun time. Yeah, throughout this time, we kind of see Raimi kind of diving into a little bit more of different types of movies, yeah. right? He gets because into he, studio movies. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. He, and he's following this up with a, with a simple plan. Oh, um, yeah. So oh, talk to me about this movie because this is – this is the. Uh, it's different. It's different than what he's done before. Yeah, no. So good. This is this is probably this is probably my favorite out of Sam Raimi's oh, uh, nice. filmography, uh, uh, even uh, including Spider-Man. Yeah, probably. Wow. Uh, wow. But I mean, in terms of like what I like better, like sure, sure, of right, course right. Love, of course, of course. Yeah, love yeah, yeah. And adore Spider-Man close to my heart, but in terms of like quality movies, uh, this movie is 
you know, I always, always admire a director when he steps out of his wheelhouse. Uh, you know, I really enjoy First Man because it was Damien Giselle not doing a musical. First Man's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I do enjoy seeing. So this is a major departure for 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 Raimi. Yeah. I mean, this is not a comedy. It's not a traditional horror movie. It's a thriller. You know, it's it's a real Raimi um, thriller that is you know stars stars Bill Paxton, obviously. Um, legend, legend, um, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and and uh, and this, and I, I like the fact that it's more of a, and Billy Bob Thornton. I like the fact that it's more of a quiet drama that represents the the crisis that's happening inside of these people, like at this time, you know, like the how money, how the money uh, troubles of Bill Paxton's character influences his decision making, how. The, how people manipulating Billy Bob Thornton into into participating in this thing, but you know, seeing how his character arc and journey kind of leads him to where the end of the film leads him. I think overall, and and you know, I mean, you know, I talk a lot about Hitchcock since I took that Hitchcock. I love class. Hitchcock too. Um, and this this does feel very Hitchcock inspired. You know, oh, it does so feel much very so. very very much in in that same ilk of the suspense thriller, the mystery thriller. Who took the money? Who's where? The where does money come from? Uh, that and and I, I like this whole idea of how how much of an influence, how much of a corruption that money actually creates amongst people, mm-hmm. um, amongst people who have been friends their entire life, as we see in this movie. Um, so yeah, to me, this is my is my favorite. Uh, how about you, Camilo? This movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. I re- like if you want, I can lend you my DVD copy because like <laughs> you need to see it, man. You yeah. need you need to see it. this movie's insane. I think it is his best written movie. That's mm-hmm. one thing for sure. The writing is something else, and and it was adapted from a book. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, like the, I've I haven't read the novel actually. I really want to read it, but mm-hmm. I, at least there's something with, like the screenplay has like this this efficiency that the mm-hmm. movie just moves, mm-hmm. and and at every turn you're always like kind of like clenching your fists like I don't know where this is gonna go, mm-hmm. and I I don't want to spoil it for you or anything, mm-hmm. um, but like. There, there are scenes. My favorite scene, for example, is is this one where um, the wife character, Bill Paxton's wife, is like just given birth mm-hmm. to to their daughter, and then and she knows about like the money situation, all this, and then like suddenly like she's she's just given birth and gets the baby in her hands for the first time, mm-hmm. and she's like caring about it for like two seconds, and then she goes to Bill Paxton and is just like, we gotta, here's what we gotta do about the money, like we gotta do this, right, this and that, right, and it's just right. like it, it, like to me, I was like, this is terrifying because mm-hmm. it, it shows these people descending into some madness and Billy Bob Thornton is phenomenal in his role. Bill Paxton's great. Like the mm-hmm. cast is just amazing. Um, and I think it, it, we are seeing like Sam Raimi breaking new studio stuff. I wish I kind of mentioned this with quick in the dead too. It was kind of like, I think when he became more mainstream in the, in the, like in the nineties now and is like now making, getting budgets and, and being able to work with stars now or rising stars. Mm-hmm. Um, he like not I wouldn't say he toned down his style. I don't think that's the right way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like it morphed to meet the studio right. the studio style halfway. Mm-hmm. Like it it was able to balance this like mainstream Mm. And th- and I don't say that in a bad way. Like I, I think mainstream is, is good in so many ways. So mm. I, I, I'm not saying that with like any negative connotation towards it. But it's just like this mainstream, like the way that people like ex- expect movies to be like, but also his unique mm. sense of self. Mm. They kind of like marry together. 
Um, and I think a simple plan is a great place for that to happen because like he has this one scene where like someone gets shot and they go like flying up in the air with a shotgun, like right, they get right, shot with right, a shotgun, right. they go flying up in the air, mm. and it's just like it just looks so out, like yeah. evil I mean, dead. That's, that's Sam Raimi. I mean, yeah. you just can't escape those moments. But I think I think I think the way I mean, and I talked a lot about in, in the first Evil Dead how like the subjectivity uh, or the first and second Evil Dead how the subjectivity. It's kind of inside the head of our main character, Bruce Campbell's character. But the it, it's, it feels like the way A Simple Plan kind of works is it structures the movie from the perspective of each character, but also like the money perspective almost too, right? Like yeah. there are times where the money is like the center of the frame where everybody else is surrounding it. There's times where, you know, I mean, that's just the central focus of a lot of this because the whole plot, the whole plot, I guess we didn't explain the plot. Oh, yeah. Movie, the plot, but the plot, the plot is about these three dudes who are just chilling and then uh, they discover like a plane that just crashed out of nowhere. Like no, just nobody knows where this plane came from. And, and, and it's then, buried in snow too. It's like buried the, in yeah. snow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so then uh, they dig, they dig it up, and, and there's a bag of what, like a million dollars in there. I don't remember how much the money, yeah, the, how much yeah. amount, like what amount, but it's a lot of money. But then they start, it starts becoming a whole thing of who's who's going to hold the money, who's going to split up the shares, how we're going to spend the money, you know, like all that kind of sh- stuff that you would expect, you know, from 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 when a giant pile of money just enters a group of friends, you know? But it's kind of like the deterioration of their relationship and uh, and how they kind of almost are trying to manipulate each other into doing doing stuff. It, it's crazy. It's, 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 it's a really dope movie. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I personally, like I said, is my favorite of his filmography. He's nominated for two Academy Awards, Billy Bob Thornton. He's so Oscar. good in it. He is yeah. so good. Yeah. And, uh, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that kind of goes to show what kind of director Sam Raimi is, that he can go from like an army of darkness to an Oscar-nominated yeah. <laughs> actor performance in a movie. A lot of critics considered this one of the best movies of the year, but it didn't perform it well at the box really? office. Paramount so. like buried it like when it came out or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I had a professor explain it to me because he was like, yeah. he, he teaches, the Hitchcock, he teaches yeah, the Hitchcock course yeah. at USC, and he yeah. was like, um, this is the most Hitchcockian movie ever made that's yeah. not made by Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh, um, wow. And that's what he that's said about it. Which, and, and it is. like I, I think he's right in a lot of ways, but he said that Paramount, I think, was the studio that made this or distributed this film. Uh, something was competing with it or something, oh, and, wow. and they had more faith in the other movie. Ooh. So they they supported that one more. Happens nowadays. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I don't want to call Street. people out, but Bill Street, versus Bill Street can right talk. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where so. you at, Annapurna? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I called him out. RB3 was like, I'm not going to do that. I want to work for him. Uh, no, literally, bro, because I'm in the, I'm in the class right now. My class, I'm in four, you know, production uh, four, 410. It's, 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 it's apparently from, from it's one of those film business classes but oh yeah the, know, whole movie the, we're, the whole movie we're doing this semester is vice so that i don't <laughs> you don't, don't want to piss people off i don't want the I'm producer like, vice to yeah. accidentally roll I, up I, I immediately I, i'm that kind of person though where i pick up on that where i'm like wait a minute uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you but, you trust you're kind of putting bill street could talk to the corner and you're putting and all vice, your money yeah. in, into vice right that's what i saw at least from what they've no, done so the marketing 100 but i mean this one definitely deserves a watch like everyone if like there's one sam raimi movie that you have not seen yeah this is this is the one you should watch and it's interesting because he follows it up with for the love of the game which is which is such an odd follow-up romantic melodrama it's Mm. it's so odd well i mean what is your takeaway from from not just the movie but kind of the decision making into sam raimi's career 
to to do this kind of movie. Yeah, which is so different. It's super different. Yeah. it's really weird because he goes, it, and that's what I love about it is like he's always juggling. Like, sure, I think that's one thing. That's too, a good thing. Yeah, and, and I think that's great. And and he knows, I think he knows what he's good at, but he's also not afraid to like jump into oh, yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Right. he said in an interview once that he he wanted to try acting just so he could know what director what directions to give an actor. Right. Um, and he really wanted to put himself in those shoes. So he's the kind of guy who throws himself into the deep end and teaches himself how to swim. Yeah. Right. Um, I think For Love of the Game is, uh, if anything, like his least stylistic movie. Mm. Um, and Most I, studio-ish kind of. Yeah, it, it's just like you... If you showed me the film without telling me who made it, for example, mm. and you were like, guess guess the director, I don't think Sam Raimi would be like the first 100 people I'd name. Yeah. Um, right. and, and that's not a bad thing either. It's just like it was just a different time. He was trying something out. And I think he was really trying to go off of the screenplay. And I think it's a really nice romance. I love Kevin Costner. So he's, sure. he's really yeah. great in the movie. Compton. He's from Compton. I did not know that. Yeah, I came across um, I didn't know that either. Yeah. No, very interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so here's my here's my discussion with you guys. Yeah. Um, I, I I haven't told the the listeners yet that we're gonna put this into two parts. Uh, we Ooh. talked about the two. Um, we talked about quite a few of Sam Raimi's films. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what a lot of people want to hear about is our takes on the Spider-Man film franchise. Um, so. Unfortunately, guys, next episode, for anyone who's listening, mm. we're going to get into the Spider-Man films. Yeah. Um, Are we going to do the gift beforehand? Yeah, let's oh, uh, fi- it, let's give a final thoughts for the gift, because I, I don't think you've seen the gift, right? I, I don't think and I've And I haven't seen it. Okay, gift. so, yeah, for the yeah. love of game, I've seen, but... For, oh, yeah, what do you think of the love of the game before I just think on? it's it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is, yeah. Really? So, yeah. You, but you, don't you like baseball? No. Oh, oh yeah. Wouldn't That's you rough. <laughs> well, you were sitting here one day having a conversation. You're confusing me with someone else. I don't, <laughs> no. I've never. No, I've never been into baseball. No, I thought you ever. Were, I'm not you, into you baseball. Know, you probably know more about basketball. Baseball yeah. Basketball. We both love Football. basketball. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, not baseball. Yeah, yeah no, maybe I, that's why. Then it it's not it's, it's not the, it's not yeah it's it's fine. Yeah. I, I think fine is a good way to say yeah. it. I, I think I liked it most more than most people. I was sure. I think I was like surprised by it, but like definitely not. Like see a simple plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think I lost the showdown match off off this movie. Oh, actually. that's so funny! Actually, really? Uh, so you yeah, and who's been in the yeah, showdown? Yeah. <laughs> R3 is like, all right, f this movie, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but uh, uh, but the gift. Tell us the about gift. the gift. Yeah. Is it uh, is it worth the watch? The gift, I would say it is. Okay. I don't know why it has so mixed and negative reviews. When I think say? of the gift, I think of the the uh, new. What is it? The Joel Edgerton's Joel Edgerton director. Joel Edgerton. So good. Yeah. I mean that that movie's phenomenal. Bateman. Bateman is a beast. Great. Yeah. Have you seen Ozark? Uh, no, but I freaking want to. You haven't seen to. Ozark either. I no, saw I'm going episodes. to because I love Jason Bateman, and I, I've actually Ozark, been man. to Missouri, so I've been like right oh, by yeah. the Ozarks, Ooh, and yeah. every every uh, like everything that or every uh, like every person there was just like you got to see the, the it show. It won. It won the SAG award. It won Jason Bateman the best actor best SAG actor, award. I, I love. Yeah. I love Jason Bateman. He it's deserves just, that. That's great. Yeah. But either way, uh, the gift. Yeah. So this this the gift Katie is Katie Holmes. Yeah, she's great in it too. <laughs> I think this movie is really good. I I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Another one where I don't think his style is very like in your face, and mm-hmm. again, not a bad thing. But right. um, uh, it's it's about this woman played by Kate Blanchett, and it takes place in the South in Brixton, a town called Brixton, Georgia. Brixton, Georgia. Wow. Yeah, Brixton, Georgia, and she is a fortune teller essentially, and um, a murder happens in this local town, and she is able to kind of deduce like where the body came from and it all leads back to Keanu Reeves character Mm. and Keanu Reeves does such a phenomenal performance he plays this like racist like jerk 
who who thinks like what Kate Blanchett's doing is like satanic stuff. Like I, it, like it's very just like a conservative, um, yeah. like, like southern conservative, conservative. Yeah, just like very much that. And like he has a Confederate flag on his on his truck on, on like the license plate and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he like is, is this terrible character, and she finds the body. Like she deduces that like it's there, mm-hmm. and then it's almost like this thing is like the police are like, how did you know the body was there? Uh, and then he's like blaming her, telling her like. I'm not innocent and that these terrible things keep on happening to her, but she's still getting visions of things. And so, and her psychic abilities is her gift as her grandmother said. Mm. And actually Rosemary Harris, I believe that's her name who plays Aunt May in Spider-Man. Oh, no way. Mm. She's in this movie for one scene, for one scene. JK Simmons is also in this movie too. So Sam Raimi collaborates with them often. Um, Mm. And, and so, uh, I think it's a really good movie. It's actually written by Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Oh, yeah, wow. he wrote the screenplay. Oh, after, I think after making A Simple Plan, he loved working with, with Raimi. So he's like, hey, I have the screenplay called yeah, The Yeah, he seems nice. like such a collaborative director, which is so yeah, good. And, and it goes into, and he collaborates a lot with his actors. I mean, he, he talked about in an lot. interview how he really works with Bruce Campbell, really worked with Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man. So. And works with everyone. Yeah. Like, he'll ask anyone like the PA like what your take is you'll ask like anyone and that's the thing that's so great about him too like as a person yeah he is so humble caring and humble like he he you could go up to him and you're like I I'm just deify him and he's like oh no I'm I'm just like this this guy and and that's like but he's like genuine it's not he's not doing it Mm -hmm. like to to be humble like he's doing it because that's the person he is and I think that's a really special thing all right, guys, so next week we're going to get into the Spider-Man films. We're going to be talking about all the Spider-Man franchises from Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. I'm sorry, not next week, guys. Two weeks from now we're going to get into the Spider-Man films because next week we're going to be talking about Robert Rodriguez, so be sure to tune into that. But let's finish up Sam Raimi's conversation, his filmography, besides Spider-Man. And the two films he has left is Drag Me to Hell and Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, obviously, he has Ash vs. Ash Evil Dead, and we can briefly touch on that, too. Yeah, but, that'd be great. But uh, but let's get into it. Let's start with Drag Me to Hell, RB3. You just saw this movie. Yeah, no, this is dope. I actually think this movie uh, hasn't, it doesn't get talked about, and I, I feel like, at least like uh, at least in today's time, for, be, for being a really good horror movie. But I think for the story that they're telling, this whole uh, metaphor for anorexia and this woman being like, this woman dealing with uh, like with with her own internal demons and how it's kind of externalized. And this movie has is both really cool stylistically and it's kind of you know it, it's kind of Sam Raimi not doing the same kind of style as the Evil Dead franchise, but more of the commercial horror style, I guess. Mm-hmm. If that's is that appropriate to say? Almost yeah, like almost, almost not not accessible, but like a more of a uh, 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 I guess I should say a more of a a less stylized version of what his typical like quick pans, quick whip, quick zooms. It's, it's, it, there's some of that in, the, in this, of course, but it's a lot more uh, strained back. But it's, it's a much more traditional horror movie, almost at least compared to the Evil Dead franchise. But I, I really enjoy it, and I think it's especially for 2009. I mean, there wasn't a lot of great horror movies coming out during that time, so yeah, it's, it's really did a good job. What about yeah. you, Camilo? No, I I really like Dragging Me to Hell, and I totally see what you're saying. I think definitely when in the in the mid to late 90s when he started like working more in the studio system and, and like mm-hmm. was still being able to bring himself like he did something amazing which was like more combining like his sensibilities to as i mentioned earlier the more mainstream ones and like spider-man movies were a way for him to do that as well mm-hmm. and drag me to hell was a way that he was able to like bring that edge 
back to horror. Like mm-hmm. he he kind of like almost went full circle, I think. And Drag Me to Hell, I think, is fantastic. And, and yeah, the the like whole eating disorder like mm-hmm. subplot. Like I want to find out if that was intentional or not. Like I I don't know. I imagine it is because it, it's such a prominent detail throughout mm-hmm. the the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But um, the movie is really goofy. It is also really scary. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I saw the opening when I was a kid. Um, like I probably just a few months after it came out. Um, and it was like on TV or something and it's just like this kid being dragged down the hill and I, mm. and I didn't like horror movies at the time I was like nope and mm. I turned it off and walked away because it scared the crap out of me mm-hmm. but uh, the movie now I mean it's one of my favorites I think it's super funny the nosebleed scene is hilarious if, if you guys remember that one mm. um, just so so great mm-hmm. uh, but also like it's really refreshing to see kind of Sam Raimi work with a smaller budget again and, and, and yeah. like be more bare bones and and also just like the like his style is really really great in it. yeah mm-hmm. it, it really is like a throwback to the old school Sam Raimi horror movies yeah. right I mean I, I, I definitely want to I was just about to comment on that just because I, I I'm I sound like such a dick by saying this but I, usually when I watch a movie I always have budgets in mind I always be like I'm always thinking about like how much did this movie cost because yeah. that looks expensive that looks expensive that looks expensive that's what I did with this movie because um, I, I was like mm, there's that's not cheap. <laughs> There's yeah. certain things in this movie, special effects wise, that aren't cheap, um, and even production wise, that aren't cheap. And I, uh, thirty million right now is what I what I just googled it right now. Mm-hmm. Drag me to hell, which is a pretty good size horror budget, especially yeah. considered and for two, Ghost House too, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a good chunk of money. I mean, especially how nowadays that's the average horror budget is half that in, in like twenty eighteen, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that's happening nowadays with Blumhouse, like as great as Blumhouse is and and making small horror movies, they're also kind of (laughs) giving directors a hard time as far as production wise. Um, I have a lot of opinions on that and I won't get into it in this podcast. Um, But yeah, it it really is one of those movies. It's like a throwback to old school Sam Raimi where it balances uh, uh, some goofy moments, but still absolutely horrifying. I, for one, between you two, I'm not, I'm not, the, this isn't for me. <laughs> I just, in terms of like, you don't like it? In terms of like, I'm just too, I'm just like, so, I'm, I get so easily scared. Oh yeah, uh, so easily. I'm put off so easy, man. And there's quite a few scenes that put me off in this movie. Like, wh- like which ones? Uh, I mean, anything having to do with that witch lady. Oh, she's so good. Oh my God. She's so good. Uh, I'm, anything, just the title. The title I scares love me. The title. <laughs> so, so like, literally, the title drag me to hell. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just scared by the title. Mm-hmm. I'm literally like that easily of like a scaredy cat where yeah. I'm just like, all right, um, this is the kind of stuff that terrifies me to the point where I'm not having fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I'm same with Evil Dead too, where I'm just like I'm more scared than I am. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. laughing, I guess. Uh, that's just my take. But no, go yeah, ahead. I know. I, I for sure like I totally. Yeah. I totally empathize with that, and I totally see yeah. that. I'm I'm at the stage now where like I guess I've been lucky in the sense of like the idea of horror movies scare me more than horror movies themselves, mm-hmm. which is like a good and a bad thing because like in a sense I can't really get scared by them, mm-hmm. which like is a bummer because I want to feel that rush. I want to feel the adrenaline rush mm-hmm. that like I think about when I think of scary things. Mm-hmm. Um, That's crazy. So yeah, it, I, it, I, I envy. I envy. I think you too. I envy anyone. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's you and Cody and Ka- anyone who can watch a horror movie and not be scared. No, <laughs> I or, or I like it. being scared. I don't like being scared. Yeah, that's, that's fair, but I, I think the movie is like really, really enjoyable. And yeah. it's funny that you were that you were 
mentioning how it feels very like back to yeah. old Sam Raimi. It's actually because it was a, a screenplay written by him and his brother, his older brother Ivan Raimi. Mm. Oh um, wow! And they wrote it in the nineties, actually. They, and they, they wrote Army of Dark. Army of Darkness together, right? They did also write. Yeah. Army of Dark- they co-wrote Army of Darkness together. Yeah, and so this this is a screenplay from the '90s that they made that they wrote together, mm. and I think they put it on the back burner. They're like, all right, we're not at a place where we can make it now. I don't know what was going on. I think it was like Dark Man and and like mm. Sam Raimi was on the come up and and, sure. and like leaving the horror sphere, but they still wrote this this film, mm. and so they just had it. And then, because um, when you think about it, it is a very like not i mean it was made in 2009 Nine. yeah mm-hmm. so but it feels like very dated and i don't mean that as an insult just like it it just doesn't yeah. feel like very like the horror that was being made at the time right right which is mm. i think part of its strengths i think it's like really really like it that's feels great. very sam raimi still yeah, yeah. And, and it, yeah but it has like that classic vibe to it where it's like mm. everything's very simple and it's just like very like laid mm. out like here's this character who's put in a tough situation where she wants a promotion mm. her boss is essentially like you got to be more strict or i'm not giving you the promotion i'm giving it to the new guy mm. and of course this old cursed cursing woman comes in and she's like Please, I need this extension, and uh, the main characters put in the same situation, like in the situation. It's like a perfect setup. It's mm-hmm. a, such a good setup. And, and w- when the the woman puts the curse on her, and it just like starts bringing this terrible evil, it's so good. And like mm-hmm. it's it brings on so many good gags, but also really scary scenes. Like I love the scene in the parking garage. I don't know if you guys remember, but it's like when she gets in the mm-hmm. car, and then the old lady's behind her, and she like hits her with a stapler and whatnot. Like very funny, but also like really frightening. Um, mm-hmm. But then you have scenes like the seance scene and you have the goat. It's just like, it's so funny how the goat gets possessed and it just like says like you effing whore yeah, and, and, and stuff. So it's like, that's a really, really funny like yeah. moment that mm-hmm. just shows Sam Raimi like having fun with the material. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's another reason why the Evil Dead movies for me personally, I, I always get so terrified by them. I, I, I don't know. I mean, just the, uh, we've had this conversation before a million times, RB3, but the idea of like my personal, I always... People always take in their own baggage and their own ideas and their own beliefs and their own thoughts into every single movie, no matter what movie it is. Um, And I do that, too, like regardless of how I want to be as objective as possible. I do that. Um, And that's why horror movies always get me, man, especially these kind of horror movies, as as silly as you think they can be, because it's silly for me. It's like, yo, it's scary. (laughs) Mm. No, but Um, that's fair. Like, I'm just saying it like just because. Yeah, but but I I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like when it comes to anything supernatural, when it comes to anything demonic, uh, those are the kind of movies that that shook shake me to my core because I believe in the supernatural. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> so every time I go into that, I'm like, werewolves, nah, vampires, I love them. Uh, <laughs> all these monsters are cool. I can dig it. Gore, fine. Demons? Yeah, you, you can do gore. I can do gore. Demons? Nah, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the I kind have of a friend who's exactly me. like that. How did you do Hereditary then? Oh, the believe me, Hereditary <laughs> scarred me. Hereditary yeah. shook me. It destroyed me, which is why it was my favorite movie that year. That's awesome. Because yeah, yeah. no other movie made me feel as much as Hereditary made me that's, feel. That's why The Evil Dead stuck with me so much, because yeah. like the same reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before but, we move on to uh, Oz Great and Powerful, I briefly, briefly, just because I feel like it's unfair to talk about Sam Raimi and not talk about Fetty Alvarez's, uh, Fetty Alvarez's uh, Evil Dead. Briefly, real quick, uh, what's your guys' hot take, quick take on Evil Dead, Fetty Alvarez? I actually haven't seen it. Really? Really? No, I haven't seen it, no. Okay. I'm going to lend you my Blu-ray. You oh, watch okay. this. Camilo, what do you... I think this movie's great. Mm. I, I really like this movie. I think it's it awesome. It got, like, 
I don't know if I don't know if to call it split, but kind of split reviews as far as some people were like, yeah. wait, this is an I know, bit. which is strange because I think it's a really solid mm. movie. I'm surprised that I think it sits at like at 63 on Rotten mm. Tomato. Right. That's fact, about right. I'm gonna fact check myself right now before I'm wrong. Right. But um, I I really like Fetty Alvarez. I think he's a great he's filmmaker. Awesome. Um, so it sits at 62. percent I I controversially. Yeah, I controversially liked his uh, uh, Spiderweb. I did, and everyone hated that movie, and I liked it. I heard that on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did yeah. you see it? I did. I did see Spiderweb. Okay, and um, I love the Millennium series and oh, David Fincher's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, okay. is actually yeah. one of the movies that made me want to get into filmmaking. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hate Girls in Spiders Web, but it just it. I I don't think it was very interesting. Okay, mm. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna speak badly about it. You USC students, man. Meanwhile, I'm like bashing movies left and right. <laughs> hey, I dug the shit out of it. I, That's great. I really I'm, like I'm happy you liked it. Did you see? I, I agree that that Rooney Mara is just a different level, <sighs> and so, so is Numi Rapace. Uh, Numi Rapace is right. just. I, I just think I love Claire Foy. Like I adore her. She's Trust awesome. Me. The crown, I'm the biggest The Crown fan there is. Like you know that. Mm. Um, and I I actually liked her Elizabeth, but I just I felt like there wasn't a connection to her. That's the that's the biggest takeaway, which is what sinks a lot of people's reviews yeah. of it. But I just thought it was just yeah a solid action movie. Like yeah. no more no no more no less. Right. I mean it's not great, but. Mm. It, I thought it was solid. It was a solid action yeah. movie. Have um, you seen Evil Dead? Like, Fede's Fe- 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 Evil Dead? I have. Uh, really? Because that one, to me, I was is like say. the scariest out of all of them. <laughs> it is the scariest. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Maybe uh, the first one. The Jesus first one, is exactly the, what I was saying. The, the, <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! Like, the, the whole movie, The RB3. first one and, and, and this the only one word really, really scary. on my lips right. was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I showed it to some friends for Halloween, and they were like loving it in the sense of like mortified, like scariest, covering their it's eyes. It's probably the like, scariest yeah. I don't know, man. One of the scariest movies I've ever seen. It has really <laughs> frightening it really imagery. Is. No, it really, really is. Really frightening imagery. It's really good. And oh. that and Don't Breathe are fantastic. Mm. Don't Breathe. I've seen Don't Breathe. I've fantastic. Into the Spider's Web. I, I'll, I'll, I'm not Into the Spider's Web. <laughs> into the Spider's Web. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Girl funny. in the Spider's Web. <laughs> I, I, I'll be the one guy that takes the bullet for it. Um, yeah. I think it's cool. I think Lakeith Stanfield's a beast in that movie. Oh, he's in that movie? Yeah, he's a badass in that movie. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, 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 I'll stick by Fetty Alvarez. Um, yeah. Somebody got to make the poster into the spider's web. Like, <laughs> <laughs> With Lisbeth? Yeah. I think Lisbeth is a great character, too, just in movie history in general. Mm. Um, let's get into, let's finish up with Oz Great and Powerful yes, and sir. Ash vs. Evil Dead. Awesome. Uh, uh, Oz Great and Powerful. Uh, yeah. RB3. I saw this one in theaters back in 2013. This movie yeah, this, got this, bashed. Uh, yeah, I, this came out during the wave of like the Disney making live action versions yeah. of everything. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, of course. I mean, it felt James very Alice Franco, in Wonderland, like from the promotional material. Rachel Wise. Rachel Wise isn't Rachel right? Wise isn't. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh uh, my God, she is. I love Rachel Wise. I love. I love her too. She's not that. I mean, there's. Yeah. I got a list, bro, but Rachel Wise is at the top of that list. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even I adore realize her. that was Rachel Wise. Yeah, she's man. amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think um, she's one of the best actresses I working love right her. now. I love yeah. her too. She's dope. I mean, this this movie's this movie's crazy because it came out during that time and it was a big it's, 3D it's a thing. 3D, saw, yeah, it's like a 3D, 3D special effects. Yeah, Almost like a... Did this come out before the Wonderland? No, this is after Alice okay. in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland came out in 2010. vibe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all Disney movies have kind of carried... That's like, even, right. Even Dumbo has that like, Dumbo, look to and it. then when they came out this year that no one saw, they bombed. Oh, um, uh, Nutcracker in the four It looked yeah. just like a Tim Burton Alice yeah. in Wonderland. It's like Disney's like... 
bringing in like this new yeah, studio I, system again and like giving I like a very know if I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, honest. it's like to each their own, but yeah. like it's, it's definitely very. I don't stagnant. care for the Alice in Wonderland. Burton I like movie. Alice in Wonderland. Really? I didn't see the second one, but oh. I didn't see the second one. I like this movie too, though. This movie, really? This movie's different. This movie's different. This movie's different. Dang, hey, man. my man. All yeah. right, yeah, yeah. This movie's a little different than okay. than the Alice in Wonderland trope. It's not like, of course, it is like, it is in some extent. It's just it is like the traditional journey, the fantasy journey that Alice in Wonderland is to some extent. But it 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 very much is its own thing, and it feels. It feels like it embraces the original Wizard of Oz in the sense of like not, not from like st- story wise because it can't take from the same story or it can't take from the same imagery. But it does it does have that whole like mystery of you don't know what's coming next to it. It does have that like element of like it it, it has a certain element of whimsy that mm. is is a little little difficult. It, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily translate. And like the Alice in Wonderlands, or in the and some of the other live action fantasy ones, and it also has a very distinct, like almost level of darkness to it. Almost like uh, even though it's even though it's a traditional like kids story, it it does have it, it. It feels like there's a little more here than a lot of the other cookie cutter Disney films. Mm. So what about you, Camilo? Oh, I. I like this movie too. Yeah. Um, I think, well, it's interesting. I didn't see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it after the fact, but uh, I kind of like you. You hear all these things about movies sometimes, and I and I heard mm-hmm. the reception was pretty mixed. Mm-hmm. And, and like this one has a it sits at a fifty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which, mm-hmm. granted, is only like what three percent more than Evil Dead by Fede got, right. which is kind of crazy when you think about it. It is wild. That's yeah, crazy. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and only like four percent more than uh, or four percent less than Spider Man Three. So, um, like, it's, it's, like, weird how these movies are, are like, when you think about it, not not that far off in, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the way critics see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this movie. I think it does falter a little bit at the beginning, which is interesting because I, I really like the way it opens. I think it's a really strong opening. But once it gets to Oz, it's kind of like this big exposition dump onto you mm-hmm. as the audience. And I think that's where it loses a lot of people. I know for a fact it lost me for a second. Like, I mm-hmm. was kind of, like, Okay, I see why the reviews aren't so great. But then, like, it picked me right back up. And mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy James Franco as um, as Oz. I, I enjoy Mila Kunis as, as the Wicked oh, Witch. Yeah, mm-hmm. West. Um, Zach Braff as the monkey. Like, they're, they're all really good. It has a really good supporting cast, and, and mm-hmm. it's very fun. It feels very reminiscent of, like, you can tell there's a lot of love for Wizard of Oz. And, sure. and I love how it opens in, like, that really... Like very small aspect ratio, right? Right. Even Michelle Williams, like she's in the beginning too, and mm-hmm. you kind of see like the the scoundrel that Oz is, and it, it, it is a kids movie in a sense. And, and like I, I I have no problem with that either. I think it's really great mm-hmm. that like Sam Raimi was like willing to even take something like this on. But um, uh, I I do think that um, it does it, it goes through like a little bit of like a an an upside down bell curve and mm-hmm. like it. it Picks itself back up pretty mm-hmm. quickly, I feel. But if you can get past that exposition dump from the beginning, I think it's smooth sailing from there, and it's a lot of fun. Well, um, what do you guys rank it as far as kids, Disney movie world, um, PG kind of thing? What like hard as far as like the Tim Burton ones? As far as like we're not, we're not counting Tron, right? Not Tron. Oof, no, that was bad. No. I like Tron Legacy. Really? Yeah, I fun. love Tron the original. I love the original, but not not the sequel. I I love Daft Punk. 
Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll say. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Also, John Carter was around. John that Carter. Time. I, I haven't John seen Carter. a lot of these actually. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. I like, I because I'm personally someone who got kind of turned off by like the visual style of them, mm. which is yeah, like a weird I, thing for me to get turned off from. But I'm, I do. I'm mm. one of them too. Um, I don't care for this. Style. Oh man, I love yeah. the big. I love the big budget CGI. And that's IMAX. fair. Yeah. It's like the coloring it has. I don't mm. know what it is. I really like the look of Oz the Great and Powerful though. Mm. I think it has a really good color scheme. Oh yeah, hundred percent. The, the emerald fun. embraces yeah. a lot of the emerald design. Oh, but even when he first makes it to Oz and he's like going through in the air balloon mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. he's just like seeing the land the, the for the color first time. Yeah, with yeah. like the sunset. Oh my god! Like, yeah. and, and like the way it looked, like I was kind of like, "Darn, I wish I'd watched it in the theaters because yeah. that it looked really good." Okay, but, so I'm. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, uh, the one thing I'll say is like I thought it was really interesting how he incorporated some horror in this, kind of mm-hmm. going to to Ace's points about yeah. like Sam Raimi always finding a way to incorporate horror mm-hmm. when he's actually going to Oz and he gets cut caught in the in the mm-hmm. twister, um, in the tornado, and he's being like taken the picket fence like shoots through his hot air balloon and mm-hmm. like like the the points like stick out like right where his face is basically mm-hmm. and it's just like that's such an evil dead scene like right. that is so evil dead like straight out of like his style and right. evil dead um right. and just like really interesting it's like you like there there it is like there's his stamp and he's always sure to leave it wherever um Bruce Campbell makes a cameo in this as right. well and apparently his car uh the engine to the Delta 88 that's like in all of his movies is like in the final like contraption that they make in the, oh, in really? the third act. Oh, but, like, that's funny. I didn't but, catch that. Yeah, but I mean, like that's a small detail that like right. I only found out in an interview. But um, just like really cool stuff. So I, I'm happy. I'm personally happy. Do, with this do film. you guys like it better than some other ones? Like uh, some of the list I have here is Alice in Wonderland, The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage. I did not uh, see it either. Maleficent, Cinderella, The Jungle see, Book. I, I liked The Jungle Book a lot. Uh, Actually, Sam Raimi makes a cameo in The Jungle Book. Oh, Very yeah, funny. He's really? one of the squirrels at one part. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he's I a did squirrel. not know that. Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass, Beauty and the Beast. All right, we're not talking uh, about Alice Through the Looking Glass. That's a bad movie, man. I didn't see it, but that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I personally you put it you put it up there as far as I put it, one of I, the put better it ones? I put it closer up to to the top. Absolutely. What's the top for you? I don't. I mean, I don't like That's particularly love any of those movies, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, right? I mean, if we're talking about Cinderella, I like the Jungle Book a lot. I, see, I like Jungle Book. Yeah, I like Jungle Book. Yeah. I didn't see Cinderella. You didn't see it. Uh, nor did I see Maleficent. See, did you see Beauty and the Beast? Yes. Okay. I, I didn't. I really didn't like that. What? One. Yeah. That's Come fair. on. Yeah, and uh, I, I liked it. It was okay. I but liked it too. Yeah. I, I, I really I it, it just it gets under my nerves like the, the whole remaking like remaking it live movie. action like it's come the on, exact dog. same story yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's they're not, doing it again this year man uh, but it's a tale as like, to- like oldest time uh, man yeah it's a tale as oldest time <laughs> Dumbo right. I, I Aladdin wish, you know I, the it would have been King. dope it would have been dope if they did Beauty and the Beast but did it like those like old like French movie yeah, the like French, versions the French of version yeah yeah, yeah 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 if they did like a version like that and that I'm talking like that's sick yeah but what everyone likes about it is the music yeah man. It's not. It's not. It's not cool to me. But I. I think. I think Lion King is gonna be dope. I don't know about Dumbo. Aladdin. Uh, I don't know about Aladdin. Lady and the Tramp. It's coming out this year too. That's Lady on the, stream, that's on the streaming service. Down the streaming service. You're kidding no. me. I didn't hear about this. I thought it was on the streaming service. It might be on the streaming service, but it's and still Tessa coming Thompson's out. Tessa Thompson's in there, right? Tessa Thompson. I fuck with Tessa Thompson. And so. Justin oh, Thoreau, too. right? Justin yeah. Thoreau's in it. Justin Thoreau oh, and Tessa shit. Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. I'm genuinely excited for Aladdin. I'm probably the only man alive. Will Smith, bro. I, those pictures. Will Smith, 
some <laughs> random ass kid being a lineup. I am excited. Count me Guy, in. Isn't Guy Ritchie? Uh, Guy directing? Ritchie directing? Hell hey, listen, yeah. I love the Frank Sherlock Holmes movie. Did you, did you see the, the King Arthur movie no, with I Guy didn't. Ritchie? No, you love that one, right? Bro, that movie's fire. Uh, okay, did you see one. the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie? You didn't see I it? I did not no. see it. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I was going to say, did you like it? Oh. You haven't seen it. No, I did not. I did not. I was not going to be. I'm going to be honest. I did not like the look of the of the and trailers. The trailers. Oh, I think yeah, the trailer yeah. played way one too many well, times. I mean, it made no movie. I mean, it made no money. I'm sorry. Trust yeah. me. No How many saw times they gonna try this King Arthur thing, man? Didn't they? They do just the, made it with the the, the Jamie Fox. No, 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 no. That's Robin Hood. Uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. the kid and the king. The kid, the, the wait, kid sorry. who would be king. The king who would be king. Oh, that they just made a, <laughs> it. It came out like movie? two weeks ago. No, no, it's in theaters. It's in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, what? it, it just came out two weeks ago. Decent at the box office. Oh too. shit! What the? Yeah. It's, it's a whole movie. It's made by Joe, Joe Cornish, the director of Attack the Block. Have you seen Attack the Block? What? He made a kids movie. He made a kids movie. Yep, it's a PG yeah, kids movie. Yeah, I really? didn't know he made that. Yeah, you just like cashing a check. Uh, I, <laughs> apparently, it's decent. Apparently, it's not. It's not a bad kids movie. Yeah, apparently, it's good. Yeah, I'm hating. Yeah, I'm hating. Oh uh, yeah, you <laughs> are hating, bro. Don't hate on Aladdin. Did you see Oz the Great and Powerful? I did. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm just not a fan of like. I'm not the biggest fan of whimsical. I guess that's fair. Is, 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 I'm not a fan of joy. <laughs> There's a difference between joy and whimsical. Like whimsy is not whimsy is like more like over the top. Like I don't I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. There's a difference though. Magic. You don't like magic. Games. Yeah. You don't like magic. The um, Disney magic. Let's finish up with Ash versus Evil Dead, the TV series, the Star series. I haven't seen any. of RB three is the biggest fan of this show. Uh, am I really? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. He does not I, stop I, talking I about it. Yeah, I've never. Uh, I've never. I just kind of. I, I've actually. seen a little bit of it. I, I mainly want to hear from you, coming yeah. up because you've seen all of it. I actually have Most not seen the third season okay. all the way through. Okay. I haven't finished the third season, but um. I do want to watch it. My, what, my what stars your, account expired. So yeah, I what's your overall take on, on this show? Um, I really like this show, actually. I, I was someone who, who really wanted to watch it. Um, and, 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 I mean, I was super excited because I, I remember, like, seeing the advertisement for it. Um, yeah, those ads were all over Yeah, the and it, I was just, like, so excited. I was like, they're yeah. bringing the evil dead back. Like, that's yeah. that's awesome. I was really excited for it. But, unfortunately, like, I didn't really watch TV, like, in college. Like, it was r- my freshman year of college when it was, like, coming out. Mm. Um, and so it took me forever to, to finally see it. But they actually... It's on Netflix, right? Well, I think... Now, right? Yeah, it now it, it is now, which is actually how I saw it. Um, oh, I think, great. I don't know if it's only the first season in America. I know the first two seasons were in Colombia when I was there, oh, like, wow. um, uh, like two winters ago. And Damn, so I, really I was able Colombian. to, like, I was, like, able to binge it. You were <laughs> in Pereira? Uh, yeah, I was in Pereira okay. there. Yeah, and so... It's um, weird, right? Because I saw Dragon Ball Z in Colombia. I... Uh, <laughs> For real, I did. Wait, Dragon Ball Z or Evolution? No, no, no. Dragon Ball Z when, when I was a kid. Oh, uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, when I was airing in Colombia. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was so, the, the Boo series. Exactly. Oh, uh, hey. Yeah, shout out to Majin Boo. Yeah, Majin Boo's my guy. Uh, what is a Frank Kid Ocean? Boo's dope. Uh, kid Boo, Kid Boo. Yeah. What is a, what does he say? Uh, um, Frank Ocean. Oh, uh, what, uh, Channel Orange? No, yeah, what's his line? Uh, he's like... Uh, Never mind. I can't pull that one. He's like pink Ferrari, Majin Buu. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, Um, Shout out to Frank Ocean. Is that on Forrest Gump? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But either way. Yeah. So um, so Colombia had it earlier. Yeah. Or 
Or I mean, like season. I mean, season two was already done being oh, out. Like, I it, see it what was you're like saying. it was like season three was airing at the time, Got but it. I think they were they just had both seasons mm. in Columbia. Um, so I was able to watch it, and cool, I man. I really really liked it. I binged it basically. Um, I, I think I think the cast is great. The I mean, cast obviously is, Lucy Lawless. I like the two newcomers that they yeah, have. Yeah, they're they're both really um, great, and I yeah. think Bruce Campbell reprising his role does an excellent job. Like, yeah, I'd I'd really recommend it. I think the first season is. Um, Surprisingly, Sam Raimi doesn't have much to do with the show. So yeah. he he directed the pilot, mm. and then from there it was just kind of like taken by other filmmaker, by other directors, and and right, and the show. But he's still executive showrunner. producer, right? He's still executive producer on it, but I don't think he has like very much like in it. Like he, I think I think creatively yeah. he's kind of moved past Evil Dead sure. in a lot of ways. Like he doesn't really harp on it very much, sure. and um, I think he. As like I, the artist he is, he's just kind of like moving on to the next thing. Like what yeah. what's what's next on the horizon, mm-hmm. rather than like what what came before. Um, but I surprisingly, the pilot's actually one of my least favorite episodes, really? which is the one he did. Oh, wow. And I don't blame that on him. I don't think it's like a him thing. I'm generally not that into pilots. Pilots mm-hmm. are really hard for me. Um, like I'd be the worst TV exec because I think I'd cancel every show that mm-hmm. would like would be put <laughs> on my desk. Because like pilots, you have to establish the characters. You have to kind of like kind of set the plot in motion yeah. and I think establishing TV characters is so incredibly difficult like mm-hmm. that's so hard because you you have to establish like people that you're going to follow for an entire season and, and follow yeah, and may, set up these plots it makes me think like what, what are your, some of your favorite pilots of all time I really like the Breaking Bad pilot for example yes. but, Great but interesting yeah. enough I actually watched the Breaking Bad pilot and was and I liked it, but I didn't. I actually stopped watching the show right after the pilot, and I was like, I don't think I need to watch this right now. And then a year later, I went back to it, and I like started from episode two. And I remember the pilot so clear in my head, I just like yeah. went through. But the Lost pilot's also phenomenal. Oh, I, I really like pilot the pilot for Lost. Yeah, he's yeah. great. There's so many good um, pilots, man. Yeah, no, yeah. Pi- pilots uh, are great. There's, there's an art. Legion is an interesting man. pilot. Yeah. Legion's uh, an interesting pilot. Yeah, yeah. interesting yeah. to say the least. Yeah. But uh, definitely Ash vs. Evil Dead, I think, is really fun. And the first season is is very much has its formula. I think that's, mm. a, that's the thing about the first season. It has a formula where the, the like you're you're going through it and each episode's like you encounter like a new t- a new form of deadite and then Ash has to outsmart it in whatever way in like his own stupid way and then he does and it's really funny and then the the group dynamics interesting but the second season mm. is great like really? i think that i think the second season does a great job of stepping it up a notch where it's like sure. the directing becomes more interesting like i feel like there was a lot more creativity behind the shot choices and right. and, and, and stars situations. stars goes hard too like stars works harder like, and they they are bloody and there's like a twist in the second season i mean i'm not going to spoil anything here but i i really dug the second season a yeah. lot and the third season I, I was really liking too but it is it is a thing where almost like the second season kind of ends like you could have ended it the second sure. season and it wouldn't have been like it wouldn't have been like the most satisfying ending in the world but it was like a, a fine place to stop yeah right. um and unfortunately it got canceled after the third season yeah. so we'll never we'll never really see the end of that show which is such a big bummer yeah i, I respect stars a lot i think yeah, they, me too. they they they're kind of under the the layers of the kings of hbo and showtime and, well you love spartacus don't uh, you? i oh my god i yeah i forgot you listened to the podcast yeah. man thank you so much yeah of course I, doesn't doesn't sam produce spartacus um sam, sam and I think rob. He's an executive producer sam right? and rob are executive producers Sam and Sam, Sam, Raimi. Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's. I I adore adore Spartacus. I think it's one of the one of my favorite shows of all time. I I love it. I love how 
in your face it is, how bold it is, how ridiculous it is. It's it's. I told you so many. I've told you so many times. <laughs> I, I gush about it so much that you're probably tired of it. Mm. About how it has that that's so much of an edge to it to the point that it's just so over the top that yeah. it's amazing. It's too yeah. edgy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's it does yeah. it on purpose. Yeah. It's very much like it knows what it is. Uh, yeah, so I always respect stars for that. So for giving me Spartacus because I think it's amazing, and you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. Either way, man, Sam Raimi is uh, once again what makes him stand out to me is the fact that he's a true filmmaker in the sense of using every aspect of filmmaking, from working with the cast to working with the DP and making camera. incredible camera movements, mm-hmm. from working with the editor and making some of the best edited movies I've ever seen. Yeah, really, really no solid. Right without uh, Sam Raimi. This is, this, exactly. We would not have an Edgar Wright without Sam Raimi. The quick, fast-paced editing, the montage, all that stuff that, that people know Edgar Wright for and people know that are trying to imitate what has been done before. Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi is the originator, man. Shout out mm-hmm. to Sam Raimi. And Edgar really likes Sam Raimi. Yeah. And he'll talk about Evil yeah. Dead. I mean, Shaun of, yeah. like, Shaun of the Dead is a great is a great example of Shaun of the Dead, yeah. It's a great example of like a a, a a little nod to to what Sam Raimi created with the horror comedy genre because mm-hmm. it is kind of a genre. Mm-hmm. So shout out to horror comedy. Yeah. And shout out to Sam Raimi. Yeah, he's yeah. also like quick Side note as well, yeah. one of the nicest people on really? this planet. Have you met him? I've met him. Wow. I've, I've had the, I've had the honor of meeting him. Truly one of the most down-to-earth people cool. like you'll ever meet. Super kind That's good to hear, and super man. caring. So like much love to him and much love to his films and like long live Sam Raimi because like yeah. he, he's truly a treasure on, on in Hollywood. So you used yeah. to work for his production company. No, right? I, I used to. I used to. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Renaissance? Uh, Ghost House. Oh, okay, okay. Ghost Great. House Pictures, so yeah. that was really cool. But I met him at, at actually Baby Driver's premiere. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. hey, great. Was, hey, that's how, that's how I met him. Hey. Um, and and so I, and like I went up to him and I was like, oh, I was freaking out and I was like, oh my that's god, Mister Raimi. And he turns around and he's like, yes. And I was like, I'm a huge fan of the Evil Dead and Spider Man films. I just wanted to say that's thank you for crazy, making them. And he was man. like, thank you so much. What's your name? And he's like, asked me what my name was. And I was like, are you kidding me? Hey. This guy is that's the one who made wild. my favorite movies, like basically of all time. Like, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could not have had. A better interaction with them, so that's um, great. He, he's awesome. That's so, so good to send hear. much love to his movies. Yeah, that's send that's, much love to him. That's epic, man. I mean, we we got we got close to Edgar Wright. I mean, that's the most we can say. <laughs> you <laughs> got close to him at when? the Edgar Wright screening that we went to for Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We went to Edgar Wright. Him and John Edgar Hamm were, right were hanging out. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It was him, John Hamm, and Kumail. No, um, Gianni? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they're just awesome. all drinking together. They're all drinking. We were like right next to them, and we're like, yo. That's John Hamm and Edgar Wright. That's right. crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> we freaked out a little bit, but that's the yeah, most, that's the most we're going to do. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not going to go up and say hi. Hell yeah. no. <laughs> uh, but either way, guys, hopefully you enjoyed our conversation on the Sam Raimi films. Like I said before, two weeks from now, you're going to get our epic Spider-Man conversation where we deep dive into the Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies. It's going to be amazing. But for now, let us know what is your Sam Raimi movie besides the Spider-Man franchise. What do you think are the best moments within these movies? And let us know what you thought of the podcast podcast in general uh subscribe to our youtube channel first cut that's where you're yeah. going to keep finding these podcasts and you're going to check out some of our movie reviews as well oh yes and uh, the soundcloud shout out to soundcloud yeah soundcloud.com slash the slash meaning you know send a link in the description below but soundcloud.com slash the meaning of podcast uh and spaces in between 
And we got to thank our guest once again, Camilo. Thank you so much for being an amazing yes. guest. Thank you. Thank it you. It honestly you was a great podcast. We really enjoyed having you here. Yeah. Thank you for your knowledge, your Sam insider information. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank uh, you. Personal best friend of Sam Rainey. I wish. <laughs> I wish. No, hey, thank uh, you guys so, so much for having me. Seriously, it, it's it's awesome to be here. And I thank you, RB3, for inviting me. Like, hey, it truly man. means a lot from the bottom of my heart. And like this is like a dream come true to be on like one of these podcasts. So thank you guys. Appreciate yeah. that, Seriously, man. from the thank bottom you. of my heart. Absolutely. Anyways, for the Mini Enough Podcast, I'm Ace. This is RB3. And we are peacing out. Peace out, guys.